0: Hey, uh, well, first of all, i like to say, and I ASP being gonna find me, cause I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You
1: know, I think they got their, his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you know?
0: I'm not thinking about that right now, I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and
2: just smack the, pull back, drop down, say,
0: bah!
2: Well, I'll tell you still, I did travel some humongous ways.
1: Oh surf
0: looks good, haven't not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh
2: those guys are bad! Get a haircut. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and Barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking seas. I'm your host, the two time Gold Cone Piece award winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk Pikey, the Sultan of psilocybin, the Maestro of Micro Dosing. I'm joined, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine, Vaughn Corn, Deadly Vaughn. Welcome back to Ain't That Swell, just a regular old episode from a swampy wasteland
3: west of Wardell. Mate, it's a fucking beautiful piece of property that we're sitting on for today's EP, and it's good to be back in the studio. Not just any old epic, mate. A gold medal, epic. Oh, that's right. It's cool. happening this Friday. The dreams of so many surfing administrators from South America are becoming realized this Friday. Fernando
0: Agüerde, Rizaldo Cavalcante, <laughs> Picolante, Jijosa, <laughs> Pepe, LaGuardia. It's an absolute cavalcade of South American icons in their dream. The ISA dream, as it were, has come to fruition. Beginning, of course, in El Salvador with what can only be described as an absolute clusterfuck of a contest, mm. more COVID-19 uh, positive tests than South Sydney on a Friday night, everyone dipping into the same
3: packet it would seem. <laughs> exactly, mate. Yeah, what a fucking cluster. What, Mate, what a confusing, messy dog's breakfast of a qualification system they had. Mm. I couldn't make head nor tail of it. And when they released the actual uh, contest format for the Olympics, I couldn't even. It was like it was written in Japanese, Smithy. Mm, you had to be some kind of algebraic mathematical whiz. <laughs> yeah, you had to be uh, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind to uh, transcribe that shit into numbers. Mm. Couldn't figure it out at all. But um, it's happening, mate. The Olympics is upon us this Friday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling
0: a mixture
3: of excitement.
0: Anticipation and a, a gut rumble that I don't know if it's the second coffee of the morning or it's uh, you know just that kind of the nerves.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. It's been such a long journey. It's been talked about for so long. Uh, we were always wondering what. And it looks like there's a fucking typhoon on the way. Are you kidding me? All this chatter about how crap the surf was going to be. I mean, it might dissolve those those storm fronts in uh, that mm. region of the world. They they come and go. Like mm. I don't know. Like
0: like a plate of sushi on a hungry <laughs> night.
3: Yeah, they just, uh, I don't know. its I mean, it's a storm s- cell, right? So, I mean, how long can it last up there? And mm. Don't they usually veer up and north and across and then down? Or do they just sweep towards Hawaii from there? Okay, but what's what's the deal with typhoons uh, at this time?
0: I believe they're an unpredictable swirling cyclonic event mm. known to bring 10 to 12-foot gaping holes to a river mouth. Somewhere in Japan, but uh, unfortunately, that won't be what our mighty Irikanji are surfing. They'll be taking to uh, a rigid, structured contest site with no hope of chasing quality conditions. It's Mm. just going to be an old fashioned Chiba Pro shootout in uh, whether it be 10 foot closeouts or two foot uh, something or others. uh, It it harks back
3: to the glory days of Mungabari winning a CT, his first ever CT in just. Absolute rubbish on the beach there, and uh, who else? Danny Wills, I think he went back to back to get that huge lead in '98, which uh, he spoke about on the last episode. And Smitty, so uh, before we we leave the live episodes, I just wanted to say, mate, fuck, I was exhausted after that shit. Oh mate. <laughs> <Me fucking laughs> it was a two, man, you fucking two Broke
0: weeks it. under my bed. uh... Just Wim hoffing basically, until I could emerge and feel safe in the world. It was a stressful, I mean, fuck me, sideways, doing three shows in a weekend. Mm. I mean, mm. no one has attempted in the history of broadcasting to tell nine life stories yeah. in the space of three days. Uh, I mean, you just, you think about the great talk shows, the great Pieces of media brilliance, mm. uh, Andrew Denton's Enough Rope Springs to Mind, yep. Parkinson, yes. the great Parkinson yep. Springs to Mind. Larry King. Um, that's right. Oprah. I mean, <laughs> these people are doing one show a week. Mm. Uh, they have a production team of about 15 people, mm. a budget of millions of dollars, yep. and he is fawn-rinsed corn deadly <laughs> and the punch-drunk Pikey Smithy <laughs> just win it.
3: Oh well, I just uh, you know we've got a production few more. team of three. Yeah, production team of three. Budget of fucking five slabs of beer and a couple of complimentary cone pieces. Exactly, but um, mate, uh, the takeaway was uh, first of all just how epic, and it never gets tired of for me. Just to to get in a room full of Swellians who are just there with their fucking pumped up Stoke, just ready to fuel it, and um, so that was. That was sick. I was paying enough, wasn't and I? Just, I, was I just prepared. want to get to WA. I don't know what's going on there. Mm. We just can't seem to fucking get out of this state at the moment. Mm. But, yeah, we're coming, WA. Sorry for the uh, endless endless delays and postponements, but we are coming, Smith. Mm. I think we've pushed it to September at the moment. So, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on the old COVID numbers mm. and the curve and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that'll be good. But, yeah, thanks to everyone who came out. Me and Smith, you had a hell time with yous, And, um, yeah, mate. Big thanks to Billabong as well, always sort of. Oh, up the Bongos! Bong. Fuck
0: the Bong Cron is the cron of the Bong. And that.
3: Finger are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns. feed your face into finger buns. Not the
0: Farewell and Godspeed, almighty Irukandji. May you bring home gold for Australia. Gold! Gold! I love gold! Stephanie Gilmore, Sally Fitzgibbons, Julian Wilson and the big O, Owen Wright, going for gold in Japan. And that's uh, just the tip of the iceberg, really. There's a whole Mm. cascade of surfing stars in Mm. various divisions, longboarding. uh, uh, What do they call it? Uh, The amputee kind of division, the Paralympics division. Uh, I mean, basically. Adaptive
3: Olympics. That's the one I'm looking for, Mm. yep.
0: Uh, A historic moment for Australian surfing, Vaughn. And here's actually the press release uh, from Surfing Australia announcing this historic moment. Mm. Please Uh, share. Share the wisdom. A new team and identity unveiled uh, for the first time, Vaughan, at the Novotel in Manly. Mm. Uh, Manly, I mean, interesting choice. One yeah. of on the spiritual home of the Irukandji. Cans. I mean, uh, <laughs> or the Sundays. Um, the, the only waterborne <laughs> parasite getting around Manly is mm. Tony Abbott, as far as I know, he's old <laughs> yeah. news.
3: Very true, very true. I can't remember the last time I saw a box jellyfish round the point at dead man's and land on someone's face at the bower.
0: Mm. So, uh, I mean, interesting choice. I would have thought that uh, you know they striking mm. at the heart of the Kanji territory and taking it up north. But uh, nevertheless, full namesake and tagline: the Irakanji's deadly in the water.
3: Oh, mate! Surely, do I am, I? am I? Can I get some sort of copyright on that? Well, I don't know. Is I that, mean, is that a, is that a, not a tip of the cap to deadly? I, I sh- Has to What be? else would it be? Surely. Uh, I'm, of course,
0: named after the Irukandji jellyfish, an extremely venomous species of jellyfish that inhabit Australian
3: marine waters mm. Uh and Is, is co- it the most poisonous creature on earth? Is, yeah, is, did uh, I hear pound for like pound. Yeah, pound for pound has to be. I
0: mean, there's some noxious creatures. Uh, I mean, Elon Musk is fairly filled with venom, <laughs> but uh, on, a po- on a pound yeah. po- by a pound scale, I think uh, the Irukandji, I mean, if, if we're talking about pound for pound and just the amount of pure toxicity Mm. in the creature. Um, I mean, I think only the great Australian beer toad – (laughs) <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Gina Reinhardt, I think, is uh, the amount of poison locked mm. in that, uh, that chin. Goiter region. Yeah, so what do you call that thing hanging off the it bottom does, of her uh, face? The
3: bush turkey yellow flap.
0: Yeah, in that flap there, from what I understand mm. from the testing that's been done, the seismic testing, uh, mm. we're talking gallons of poison. Uh, that is the most poisonous creature <laughs> on the planet, Gina Reinhardt. Uh, the Irukandji... Second. Mm. Mm. It's about yeah, the, I mean they, it's all coming can, can out of the north actually, the northern reaches of Australia. I know that much. Just, it's just, the, just the poisonous just, home of the world.
3: It for sure. For the for the layman, Smithy, for the people who don't know what an kanji is, what exactly is it?
0: Well I've it's got a, a it's a
3: box jellyfish, right?
0: Correct. Yes. yes, yes. And uh, I'll have a quote here actually uh from a uh, surfing Australia CEO Chris Marta mm. Um Marder, is that not the same Chris Marder who, who takes turns paying our bills Bills, for?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's, uh, he's an absolute legend.
0: Oh, mate, is it not the same Chris Marder, correct me if I'm wrong, widely considered as one of the, the true greats of surfing administration in this country? Oh, 100%. 100%. The, the Formally, same, formerly at Red Bull. Formerly at Red Bull. Is it the same Chris are uh, considered the God Amongst Men in some circles, that's warned? Very true. Second only to Nadgett. Nadgett? Nat? <laughs> Nadgett. <laughs>
3: That's a fantastic Portmendu.
0: <laughs> Nat, Nat and Midget even. Uh, <laughs> second only to Nat and Midget in Mudget. terms of the, imp, the imprint <laughs> yeah. that he's left on Australian surfing. 100%. Nat Chris Marta. That's the one. That's the one. Good to know. Uh, well, he's, this is what he had to say. They pack a serious punch just like our Australian surfers in the water. Mm. Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah, okay. That's a serious punch for him. Yeah. I've, I I've never seen a jellyfish throw a punch. Thought they just sort of sat there and wobbled around on the tide. I don't, do they? Are they capable of throwing anything? I mean, you you almost have to get tangled up in there, or or, or unfortunately come across them. They're not mm. going to attack you. You know what I mean?
0: No, that's right. They're they're capable of throwing shade if you're a microscopic species of krill. <laughs> and I mean, uh, in the eyes of the Australian surfing public, that's all we're up against in Japan—just well, a bunch of microscopic krill.
3: <laughs> I just love the idea that. You know, don't come near us because we're deadly if you happen to actually just, you know, brush us as you're paddling past. True. But, uh, maybe that's a good analogy for sort of where Australian surfing's at at the moment. Although I have to say, mate, the women are holding it down, still going strong. And, um, yeah, but the Irukandji, I, when I, I thought it was an interesting choice just because when I first saw the uh, spelling of the word, I was like... You know, but I didn't hear it. I, I saw mm. the word first mm. and I was going, what is this? Mm. What is this word, mm. Irijakujji? Mm.
0: And it's, uh, I mean, deadly in the water is the tagline, but maybe silent but deadly would have been, <laughs> <laughs> would have been a better
3: tagline. <laughs> have we got it? where are we going with this Irikanji? How do we what? how do we cheer them on, Smithy? That's what I want to know because is it possible, is it actually possible to be in the stands or at home because there's no crowds at uh, Tokyo as we know, is it possible to be at home? With your friends and family, and somehow cheer iridocunjis into the into the, into your like lounge room froth.
0: I think there is one. I think there is. Uh, we'll get to it in a moment. All right. But uh, I mean, I just first wanted to touch on a couple of things quickly. The the, the 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 strip. I mean, looking at the strip, uh, they've got the the green there, of course, to represent the Australian native bushland, and of mm-hmm. course the gold, which uh, I'm just checking the press release, but. I believe it's a reference to the buckets of urine you'll require in the event of being
3: stung <laughs> by a deadly jellyfish. Is that correct, form? I think so. Yep, yeah. you're bang on. Or uh, possibly the golden cone pieces, a nod to ah. Smithy. So we got the silent uh, but deadly killer, and uh, a nod to the two-time Gold Coast Cone Piece Award winner. Oh, Surely that's, right. that's what it's got to be. You,
0: you think so? Yeah, the
3: gold, gold,
0: gold, f- gold cone pieces. Be beat, uh, Be beat Derbich, coach mm. of the mighty Irikanji. Uh, surprise! Lady. Solid. But, Chris him, captain coach, a la Todd Carney at the Byron Bay Red Devils. Mm. Um, you know, it always kind of brings a a certain amount of uh, an added
3: element of authority when your your coach is in the trenches with you, agree. Whacking it. Agree, two foot cheaper, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it'd be you know, uh, I think his pipe masters win will will have served him well for the conditions in Japan. I think it was like two foot onshore dribbly and he uh, mm. you know, he took out the great cone off. Uh, without cones that year mm. in, uh, in no surf. But, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Bede to get the job done.
0: And uh, here's what he had to say, uh, asked by the WSL, I believe it was, has there been anything you've gained having that extra year to prepare for the games? Mm. Uh, <clears throat> Bede said, I would say not drastically more cohesion with the team and staff. I think the extra time, just like any relationship, it grows if it's been working well. And that's the case with us. We were named the kanjis as the national team and that's been a great process and has got that great Cultural sensibility, which is good, Vaughn. Mm. Cultural sensibility. Yeah, yes. How good's that? Go to the days of the Paul Hogan show. Go to the days <laughs> of, the, of Mahatma Coat and the National yeah. nah, News. Go to the days of crass, crude, beer-swilling, cone-smoking Bogans. Today, in this, the year 2021, we're a nation of culturally sensible people, Vaughn. Oh,
3: it's nice to be woke, maybe
2: Woke! It's <laughs> the words I'm looking for.
0: You took it
3: straight out of a cone piece. <laughs> oh, there's nothing more inspiring than having a woke team heading to Japan to compete in the five-ring circus.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, B continues, Australians take the Olympics seriously. Well, sorry, this is the question. Australian takes, Australians take the Olympics seriously and as a nation are always expected, expected to perform. Do you feel much pressure is on the Aussies? Bede had this, this to say. I think at the start there was, but as time has gone on and mm. just the way the Brazilian boys have really come on and the USA girls, the pressure's not so much on us at the moment. Silent but
3: deadly born. There you deadly. go. So work, that's nice. work your way into underdog status.
0: And he says uh, the Aussies can fly under the radar, dig deep, get the spirit going and do some serious damage. Sting,
3: sting. Sting. You can hear it. You can hear you the can anger hear in, that, the in damage. that wobbling bit of gelatinous blob. Just <laughs> <laughs> look out, everyone. Here come the fucking Irukandji's.
0: You mentioned how we can get behind the mighty yeah, Irukandji how do we do back here in Australia. And uh, I even encourage all those Japanese listeners um, in the stands in Tokyo, Mm. uh, if you want to get behind the Irukandji, uh, we've actually been honoured here at Ain't That Swell by Surfing Australia, led by our faithful leader, Chris Marta, (laughs) uh, in cahoots with the Australian Olympic Committee. They've actually granted us the honour of coming up with the Irukandji team song. Uh, So we have a world exclusive for the Swellians. Here it is. We give it to you, the Irukandji Anthem. Australia's secret weapon, easy to miss. When you get stung, you'll be covered in piss. Here a country. Parasitic poisonous, unconscious and irrational. Just ask Steph, they use cultural capital. Here a country. When the onshore blows, they're ready to go. Amphibious assault They'll give you a jolt Barakunji! A A single cell inanimate blob By Jingo mate They'll do the job Barakunji! Largely invisible They'll make you miserable Swollen glands You'll pray for your mate With his dick in his hand
1: here a Psst, pst, pst.
0: Sweet golden shower, take my pain and swelling away so that I might fight another day. Here kanji! Go for Australia! Gold, gold, gold! Wipe the piss from my eye and watch them other cunts fold. Here a
3: Oh, Smithy, the, the, the heart is swollen with pride, mate. Swollen like an irikunji has wrapped its tentacles around it and just squeezed the fucking life out of it. It's true, yes. Your, your <laughs> glands are swollen, your eyes are bloodshot <laughs> as anything. I've got three minutes to live. Just let me go down with Ira kanji's winning gold. Come on, Sal. Come on, O. Come on, Joycey. Come on, Steph. One of you has to win. You got to do it for Australia. I do it for Susie O'Neill. Do
0: it for Cathy Freeman. Gold. Gold. Bring home those buckets of piss, you maniacs.
3: Oh, how good would it be though? Just let's just weigh it up. Weigh it up for a second, Smitty. Cathy Freeman, Susie O'Neill, Stephen Bradbury, Pratia Thomas, Kerry Saxby, the great gold medal walker. Hey? And then Joycey, can Joycey Wilson, just no. chuck him in there. Oh, for sure. He belongs on he that. Belongs on of that greatness. Greatness. He belongs in the. Right the-
0: up there with Jumping Jai Tarima. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the awesome
3: foursome. Ah, oh. I can see Joycey. Don't Pearland. forget Michael Diamond. Cubed spiced fruit in little fucking plastic tubs with a paper lid, singing on the ads. Oh, please bring it home, the Arakanjis. All four of them. Oh, dream. Dream scenario.
0: Wow, it is a dream scenario. We can only dream. I'm, I'm, I imagine. I can only imagine what's going through Joyce's dreams right now. Just picturing himself on that podium and uh, just pissing in the face of his competitors. Because, I mean, that's what you need. That's mm. the life-saving measures. After you've been stung by the jellyfish, mm. the Irokanji jellyfish, the only thing to do at that point
3: is to piss all over your
0: competitors. And if, if, if,
3: it's a sign of uh, respect and love. It would yeah. be much easier to piss from the top of the podium than, say, coming third and having to piss upwards, you know, into the face of a – because that's a, that's a fair gap, especially if someone big wins.
0: Oh, that's right. I mean, it's a gap that we've only really known the great Todd Carney to be able to that's transcend. Right. Yes, you know, yes, it, exactly. Get,
3: Good, you know. powerful stream. But oh. I'd, I'd imagine that, uh, you know, so, surely Joycey and Owen have solid streams. Solid. solid. The big O. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard he could piss over his house. Oh, That's man. how strong his stream is.
0: I heard he'll take a layer of skin off your face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well he
0: strips paint from walls, the big O.
3: Yeah. And uh
0: I I heard he was doing the Renault's down there at Lennox and uh they were gonna, you know, hire a
3: labourer to strip the paint and they just fucking unleash the big O in the
0: room and Fantastic. Ready for a new, new coat.
3: Wallpaper gone. Is there sort of a is there is there some sort of attachment to uh, I don't know masculinity or uh, alpha male status? If your stream is is powerful and strong and and outstreams others, like is this have you come across this in your? career or uh, well, time in the trough?
0: You know, perusing the scientific literature, I believe it's known in those academic circles as the golden stream. Mm. And uh, indeed, it is a sign of virility, of chutzpah, yep. of... Uh,
3: moxie. Moxie,
0: that's right. <laughs> yeah, Plenty of moxie in the golden and stream. what about... Uh, is Second only to the golden cone piece, really, it,
3: in terms of... But is that... Yes, okay. So we've cleared this up now. It's the, it's the green of the Australian native bush and the gold of the fully flooded... Jet stream coming out of the uh, the fire hose of Owen Wright, straight over the victory dais, <laughs> straight over the podium and straight into the faces of all of those who have felt the sting of the Irukandji.
0: Oh, you just can't wait to see Philippe Toledo blown off
3: the podium <laughs> by an Owen Wright jet stream. And is this, uh, not not to, uh, you know, cheapen this show with uh, toilet humor smithy, but um, <laughs> is it the same for the women? Is a powerful jet stream uh, a, a similar sort of? Does it hold the same sort of status, or or is it a, a, a what's the go there? I've never really um, explored this territory before.
0: It's only an emerging field of science, mm. uh, but from what I understand, in the female rites of passage, uh, in the you know deep in the Australian convict law, mm. uh, pissing contests were very much a sign of a woman's uh, ability to. You know make that passage into motherhood to uh you know dominate the tribe mm. of women and just basically make a serious fist of things mm. so yes I would say uh, although you know the, the women they what, tend- what's
3: what's the, the 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 sort of you know benchmark is it being able to dig a little hole with your jet stream if you're if you're in the squat position you, should you be able to clear out say a good foot of, of- terra firma under your feet?
0: Well, I believe the benchmark was set, I believe, by the great Dawn Fraser, Olympic champion, mm. and they say that that is that jet stream was actually the secret to her success in those swimming contests. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I think it's been uh, well, the last time Dawn, uh, I don't know if it was her last Olympics, but she competed in Tokyo. I think she actually got sent home for stealing a flag. And well, that now, was the Now offici- we know. Now we know how she marriage. got up the flagpole, mate. Well, oh, that's right. Just set the rocket off. And that was the official narrative I mean
0: Hmm. It was uh, I think there was also Some Just a bit of uh, You know Argy bargy About the rules I mean Apparently she was She was Dosing Dosing just Coffee Yerba mate And just Gallons of liquid And just pumping that jet stream out (laughs) And I mean It was It was right on the cusp You know This was kind of pre-doping But it was right Mm. on the cusp Of the legalities. Um, of the Olympic, you know, it's all about sportsmanship, mm. quality, putting your time in. And I mean, if if she can carry a bladder that loaded, a, a bladder every bit as voluminous as Gina Reinhardt's mm. neck, mm. into an event yes. and just unleash yep. from the diving blocks and yes. you know the jet stream, let fly, oh, let fly. I mean, you just didn't you didn't want to be behind her. I <laughs> no. mean, that, that was part. It was it was a it was a three pronged. Uh, attack you know she flooded the water behind her in a, a perfect uh, kind of triangular shape of mm. yellow whilst putting a gap you know she was in the blue water I remember I remember
3: an else. old Cadbury's ad with uh dr Julius Sumner Miller you know why is it so and uh, he did a little experiment just like that put a little drop of uh, dawn Fraser's wee in a little uh, triangle shaped piece of paper and it just shot up the uh, length of this uh, baking tray Mm. Like you wouldn't believe, mate. There was mm. flames coming off it. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, a little bit of a tangent there, but I, I feel like the the uh, Australian era kanjis are definitely going to have the jet stream to bring this home. You and and, so. and as a as a sidebar to this, it's good to know that you know they won't be. Uh, there'll be no suspicion over any sort of uh, you know performance-enhancing boosters with all that urine flying everywhere. I mean, the, the scientists can just mop a bit up on the side of the pool and take it straight to oh, the lab. And they,
0: so, absolutely. I mean, try finding a beaker that can contain Owen Wright's jet stream. Mm, exactly. Yeah, no, no,
3: just melt. Melt. Right, melt. Too fizzy.
0: Uh, quickly, just on the Olympics, other Olympic news one, uh, John John's back
3: wow. just
0: in time to nix. Wow.
3: the goats' shot at gold. Oh, well, I don't know how you feel about this, Smithy, but I've got reservation. I feel like... I feel like this is a comeuppance moment for Kelly. I feel like mm. years John, of headfuckery,
2: no,
0: years like exactly, mate. Passive aggressive. This is this is and the karma. on the eve of people's world
3: titles. I'm calling it goat karma. I, I reckon mm. he's he's got a fair bit of goat karma <laughs> coming his way, and uh, I've got a sneaking, I've got a sneaking suspicion, maybe that John John and Kalohe weren't even injured. Mm. I think they were just fucking with the goat, mate. Wow. No, I'm, I've am i got inside knowledge on this. I think they just wanted to really twist the screws into his dreams and just give him that little whiff, that little whiff of hope. And, you know, he would have been sitting at home with his little uh, John John and Chloe voodoo dolls just mm. sticking the knives <laughs> into his knees and ankles and it just hasn't worked for him. Mm. And and it's weird because shit usually works for Kelly. Mm. Totally.
0: I mean, if there's one thing I've learned from the insanely graphic and gratuitously violent mafia series, Gomera, Mm. it's that the up-and-coming generation is worse. They're more bloodthirsty, more manipulative, more deceitful, and they learn. They learn what you put out there, and they reconstitute it through their younger, more virulent, more jaded, Mm. more nihilistic prism. And I... Totally back what you're saying there, Vaughn. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if John John and Chloe got together, formed a secret alliance. That's
3: right. That's right. And just skull fucking go. <laughs> 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 and mate, I reckon like if I reckon that it's probably going to be footage somewhere of John John and Chloe during their so-called in inverted commas. Recovery period, mm. just hanging on the beach playing hacky sack mm. with each other. Knees fine, ankle fine, mm. and look at the way that surf surfing these. You've seen these clips that he's dropped. The brother, oh. mate, he's he's turned up to Japan ready to dance. He is so primed, and I think, I think that there's uh, an opportunity here for for the neer do the, mm. uh, the the so close but no scars to to, to 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 do what you know they can't do on the CT, mm. and that's win something. Globally significant.
0: The Eric the Eels of mm. world surfing Vaughn.
3: Yes. The the, uh, the Leo
0: Firovantis of world surfing. Yes. The
3: Eddie the Eagles. The mm. uh, the Stephen Bradbury's, if you will. Mm. Just right place, right time. Get it done and take it home. And, you know, Chloe, I, I don't know if he will even care about a fucking world title after this. Mm. It brings up an even bigger question, Smithy. I mean, what is that question? The question is, with, in the lead up to Friday and the start of the Olympic Games and... Surfing's first ever year, is it included? There's been a lot of talk from Swellians, uh, from all over the surfing sphere. Like, is the Olympics worth watching? Is it actually fucking going to be interesting? What What does it mean? Does it mean anything? And I think, you know, people are looking at it like it's a uh, a sideshow. But I think it actually has the potential, Smith, to make the WSL irrelevant. Mm. I think it's the WSL that needs to be careful. Tread very carefully wow. here.
0: Well, let's not say things we can't take back. I mean, I think the WSL is doing a fine job of making itself irrelevant.
3: <laughs> I mean, if that Rottnest no, Island they- contest
0: was not a <laughs> solid shot in the right direction of making yourself irrelevant.
3: But, mate, I no, mean, one I- foot Meriwether? Be careful, Smith. Swim- you want to
0: talk about irrelevance? Talk to me about having a contest on a two foot rip bowl at Meriwether.
3: Well, everyone is uh, looking at the Olympics like it's a big fucking joke. But I've got news for you, mate. What if it's the other way around? What if this is the sleeping giant mm. and it's actually the WSL? Like, what happens when Kolohe Andino gets back to America with a gold medal and everyone goes, oh, we've got an Olympic champion. Oh, what's this surfing thing? You know, they're, they're tapping into the mainstream mm. that the WSL can't reach. Mm. So this we, could turn Kolohe Andino into a global superstar mm. or Ramsey Buchheim or mm. Leonardo Usandra. Mm. It could turn any of these people into global superstars. Something that the WSL hasn't been able to do, except with Kelly, who had to win 11 world titles to do it. Mm, Do you hear what I'm saying?
0: I hear what you're saying. It's almost a case of uh, we see you, your rip bowl, and raise you a 10-foot typhoon closeout. I mean, the the, the only real uh, kind of just downside of this Olympic structure Mm. is the fact that just the wave of quality is not guaranteed, uh, and there's no flexibility in the event. Site, so I mean, that, that's something they're up against. But like, I mean, as we've seen so far on the tour, mm. wave quality—it's not an issue anymore for the WSL of 2021. It's not something they're concerned about. South Swell, Narabeen, yeah, Merriweather, yeah. Rip bowls, no, wave- Burgery Margs, while North
3: Points going right Atomic, it off, Smitty, right it off, right off West wave. Island. Wave quality—they don't care. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's going back to the old, the old eighties tour, mate. Send them out. Just send them out. Get bums on seats. Send them out for fuck's sake. Uh, but, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, look, I'm a fan of the Olympics. Mm. I'm backing it, mainly because I've got nothing else to do. I've got no work on. Mm. I'm just going to fucking couch potato the whole two weeks, get stuck into all my other favourite sports that I only care about once every four years, badminton, mm. uh, decathlon.
0: Oh, badminton. The, the great
3: uh, Roger, Roger pong, Nosa is uh – pong. Ping pong. Ping mm. pong. Fucking great league uh, let's,
0: uh, sport. Let's be, you know, born – we're now a nation of culturally sensible people. Of course, Let's yes. stick with the political correct terminology, which is mm. table tennis. Oh, table tennis. Ping pong. Oh, sorry, so a little
3: mate. bit. Fuck, I've gone. How are you going? Jesus. Gone too far. Sorry, A little
0: sorry, bit my hat, my coat,
3: Paul Hogan show era. Mm.
0: Yeah, jeez. Ping pong, ping pong. Ping you know pong, you know pong, pong, what's heavy?
3: I'm, I'm so old now that I'm not even aware that that was culturally insensitive. Yeah,
0: well – I
3: mean. But that, 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 I that's the sign that you're old, right? Mm. When you don't even know what you're saying is wrong. Mm. And then you get the shits when someone pulls you up on it.
0: Mm. Ah, fucking
3: hell. Ah, not in my day. I could say ping pong a
0: Taking ping pong off What's next? Julian Wilson, JW, dubbers, dub dubbers. Pulls Can't. the pin, but not forever corn. Dry those eyes, mate.
3: can Joycey. can Joycey. I, c- I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was saying. When I got on uh, Beach Grid, Stab, uh, the Instagram, mm. the Facebook, uh, I couldn't believe what I was saying. Joycey, mm. pulling it. Pulling the pin. Gone. Grenade, pulled, explosion. What? Over. What's your... Bloody mess. Yeah, what's your your, uh, your tea? What's your news? What's your inside word on, uh, on what's going on here? Mm. What's the scoop? Two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winner, Smivvy?
0: When I saw the announcement uh, out of all the things that I could really take away from it, and that really left an imprint on me, it was just the sheer optics of that family photo. I mean, you talk about you talk about wholesome, you talk about idyllic, you talk about Australian sporting role model, sunny coasts finest. I mean, Vaughn, I'm 34 years old, uh, but. Am I too old for adoption? You think you i You want to get in there? I'd love to be raised in the Wilson I think, clan.
3: Well, I think, man, if there's one thing you can say about the Wilsons, it's that it's not just their, it's not just the nucleus of their immediate family that is family to them. It's the circle of friends around them. It's the friends of friends around those circles of friends. And then it's even just the acquaintances and the met once or twice is on the hmm. outside of that. They are such a tight, tight, tight. Australian family, mm. and uh, yeah, I don't think it is too late, Smithy. Have you done the paperwork? and you sort of get out of your current family situation and put yourself up for adoption? I'm looking
0: into it. Uh, the orphanage, it's uh, it's you know, to be honest, it, it's it's pretty it's overflowing here in Australia on the back of decades of neoliberal nihilism and uh, just fucking negatively geared investment. Mm. But uh, I mean, it's possible, I guess. Back to the surfing. <sighs> You know, for me, Julian Wilson was one of the greats of my generation. We're a a similar age. Uh, I watched the Young Gun series. You know, I saw the sushi roll coming down the chain or coming along the sushi train, if you will. Mm, I'm mixing metaphors. um, You know, the the high performance brand of surfing, uh, just one of the great techniques, uh, the the bottom turn, the severity of the rail game, the progressiveness of the – Aerial repertoire. I thought, if anything has world title written on it, it's W. Mm. It's W's forehead. Mm. I, you know, there was ample space for world title on that forehead, and uh, he hasn't delivered.
3: He's, but he's just, had a frustrating year too, man. He's had near misses. He's, he's Jack Robbo has just got under his skin so bad, mm. and uh, there's a real rivalry brewing there that I was looking forward to seeing play out over the next ten years, mm. but uh, not to be. Uh, but I think the frustration was really starting to show. Like, Jules is a really cool customer, man. He's a fucking, he's an ice man, you know what I mean? Like, mm. he gets out there and he gets the job done and he's got monster wins under his belt. Mm. Pipeline, Chopu, uh, what was another big, big one that he got there? Um, oh, Portugal was, was, a, was a good one. Uh, but, yeah, he's just, in in many ways, just I think the, the energy that he spent being or sorry the energy that was pushed into him as a young prodigy sort of built up this expectation that it was going to come easy mm. and and he's up for a fight but i think that the grind and how hard it has become to to get event wins and to get up those ratings it's just kind of had a it's picked away too much it's chipped away too much and it's and i think with uh, the addition of covid mm. so this decision to to he, like we said he's so deeply engaged and involved with his family, his mum, uh, Nola, his dad, Mick, his brothers, uh, his wife, Ashley, and now their two kids. You know, they're, they're just such a strong unit. And I just think the idea of having to be away three months at a time just doesn't sit with him. And and, and add that to the frustration of not having a good year and feeling like you're kind of swimming against the tide, I feel like it's, it's a really s- strong, as you would expect from Joycey, really strong personal decision to fucking deal with – these feelings and and do what's right for him and his family. Nah, well, that's fucking commendable, well mate. Well commendable. said. Very
0: commendable. And uh, there's no, nothing I respect more than a family man. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mm. Uh, and it's a good point you make, Vaughn. Just the amount of time away from your family at this critical formative age for his children, both very young, very difficult, uh, so much uncertainty. I mean, you know, there's also the chance that you're going away uh, and there's no guarantee the tour will reach a climax or crescendo. We, we just don't know no. what's around the corner. Hearing Gabriel Medina after his runner-up at the goat pool uh, talking about the fact he hasn't been home since Christmas. And he, he almost he, he couldn't get another word out in his uh, in his post-heat uh, interview with Jabbering Joe. He was basically just obsessed with the concept of getting home. Mm. I just got to get home. Yeah. got to get home. No, you got to get home. There's mate. mansion parties with Neymar going <laughs> on about me. I got to get home stuck here at fucking the San Fernando well, man, Valley I
3: mean, it's not just that for Gabby. I mean he's uh his sort of, you know, issues with his own family are well publicized and that must that's got to be burning a hole in him because it's it's not like he's going to get home and and just ignore what's going on. Like there's there's a bit of healing, there's a bit of mending to be done there from mm. from what we know or mm. from what's been reported. And uh that would just be, you know, cutting him up surely. You can't just function with your whole world. I mean he's functioning very well in competition, I have to say, mm. but but you know, inside SMIVY. Like well, the king how long, effect. It's the king effect. You, how long can you maintain that strength before you've got to start dealing with those issues at home? Mm, what were the issues at home? Well, I think just the uh, the separation from Charlie mm. and uh, his mum, and getting married, and all that sort of thing. I mean, mm. there's been reports in Brazilian press, in particular, re reported on Beach Grit, which is uh, it's, it's all is not well. It seems, mm. but you know whether that's just gossip and, and it's all happening and whatever. But but I just feel like, you know, if he's getting teared up thinking about getting home, and mm. clearly there's there's a big emotional pull there that he's got to get sorted, mm. will it have an effect on him? Felipe lives in California. So that's what I'm saying. Like, will it have an effect on him as we head towards those WSL finals? Is it, that time away going to start, you know, really starting to wear him out? Because mm. he's had a blinder run, hasn't wow. he?
0: hasn't he what? Mm. I mean, uh, 8,000 points ahead of the nearest rival, (sighs) 8,000. I mean, that's a big lead, Vaughn. Wow. Is
3: that the biggest ever? What was Potts' winning margin? Do you remember? I think it was like, it's the biggest ever to this day. uh, The 89 world champ had it wrapped up by Europe. It was halfway through Mm. the tour. It just kicked off one of the most debauched six months in ASP history. As soon as everyone knew that they couldn't win the world title. Holy shit. You should have seen what (laughs) happened then, mate. Fucking... Blizzards all over the world. Mm. Uh, but but um, anyway, mate, look, I've, I've uh, put together a little compilation of, of Joyce's greatest hits. Can't, Joyce? Uh, just to, to celebrate some of the iconic moments of this guy's career. And uh, may I just go oh, through these? So at number five, I think uh, we have to acknowledge that Joyce is the king, the king dog of making Gabrielle Medina cry.
0: Wow. I mean, of, yeah.
3: of all the all Are the you with me on that? Is, is, that, is that a fair call? I, I can't think of anyone else other than Italo who has sprung so much liquid from the weighty bosom of Gabby's tear ducks. No,
0: it's true. And of all the accolades you could bestow upon a surfer, I mean, a world title is one, an Olympic gold is one, but making Gabriel Medina cry is definitely
3: one. Oh, 100%. One. And it's just like whenever they surf a heat. It seems like they paddle out together. It's the ice man, or it's two ice men paddling out together. Jules starts surfing, and Gabby just starts cutting onions, mate. He's just cutting onions the whole heat. Comes in, just balling his eyes out like a plastic bag full of water that's been shot with gun pellets. Oh, he just brings out the tears. But mm, what's your favourite uh, moment between those two? Because, like, you know, Jules. Uh, I think in Gabby's world title year, nabbed the Pipe Masters off him mm. uh, in the dying seconds after the hurdle. I was of on thing. the beach
0: for that one actually mm. at uh, at Pipeline, and uh, that would have to be the one. I mean, it was pretty much cooking Pipeline conditions, six to eight foot backdoor Pipeline. Mm. Uh, the whole works, the bands I like, do, it's thing not a drop out of place. And Jules, you know, a guy from the sunny coast, mm. uh, the small wave surfing hub, just fucking it, just the, the fig, there was plenty of fig jam, but it wasn't like terrifying pipeline. But uh, you know, there's always connoquins out nuggety. there, nuggets
3: nuggety, nuggety. There, sure. there was nuggets out there,
0: and just uh, from memory, from my very depleted punch drunk memory, kind of a snatching victory. Right at the death there mm. with a backdoor chamber. Or was it a pipe chamber? I can't remember. No, back it was a backdoor. Yeah. yeah.
3: Came out after the spit, just uh, threw the hands in the air and uh, pipeline master. So he's, you know, if, if you haven't got the world title in your back pocket, bills and pipe is, is not a bad uh, not a bad thing to have on your shelf at home. But, uh, yeah, my favourite, uh, Gabby and uh, Jules Heat. I was I was actually there for it as well. It was in uh, Portugal. Shit-ass fucking onshore super turbos, just Just uh, fucking garbage. And uh, Jules, again, getting the pip on the post with a couple of, like, little floaters and not much to it. But Gabby lost his mind, mate. Lost his mind, I tell you. He went up into the sed and just cried tears all over the splintered ASP uh, WSL mm. locker box that he punched into fucking a million pieces. And uh, that was, the, I think that was the day, I think that was the day, Smithy, that uh, Australia kind of... Felt the sour taste in their mouth at at, at Gabby. Mm. I think this is what bred it. I, I think he's done a lot. He's come a long way in repa- uh, repairing that because uh, everyone's you know on board the Gabby train now. But he refused to take to the uh, the stage to for the presentation. I think he might might have walked on for just one second. Jules had to spray champagne all over himself.
0: Stop. Oh, Nah, it's just, that's the degrading thing to have to do. I mean, nah. one shade off having a piss in your own mouth.
3: Yeah, well, luckily he does have the solid jet stream, so uh, it still <laughs> looks spectacular in the photos. Uh, but that was that was the big one. That was the one where Gabby just couldn't cop it. Um, number four, I've got getting a bowling pin tattoo. Ah, lost yeah. a bet. Lost Had a bet. To Come good. I'll run through this really quickly. It was a, a Quicksilver night during the Quicksilver Pro. Uh, Slater was there. Reynolds was still on the team. Ant-Man Patterson was sort of leading the charge. It's about 40 people all playing 10-pin bowling. And uh, the bet was whoever wins gets to pick a tattoo for the loser. And there was a three-way bowl-off. You had to do it left-handed between myself, Dane Reynolds, and Julian Wilson. And uh, Joyce, he fucking gutter-balled it twice. And uh, being a man of his word, a man of principle, mm. he uh, went straight to the tattoo shop the next day. And uh, Paul Paddo, having won the game, said, well, you've got to get a bowling pin. And he fucking went and got it, mate. Incredible. Isn't that insane? That that is a man of his word. That's a man you can rely on. That's a man with Anzac spirit.
0: He doesn't welch on about our Joycey, mate.
3: Yeah, so number four, he's uh, a man of uh, extreme values. And, uh, you know, that's, again, coming back to that family. Uh, Joycey versus the WSL judges. Now, this is an interesting one, Smith, because there's a five-heat cop this. One hour and six minute compilation of all the times Jules has uh, lost his shit after copping a hiding from the judges. Wow. Yeah. Someone has put this together. I suspect probably Jules. Uh, you know, like a- a- after every heat when uh, the scores come up and he's slapping the water, it's just this. it goes black and white and this big red, <laughs> robbed <laughs> appears on the screen. You're just like,
0: Whoa. Well played.
3: But, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, it's pretty, actually, ordinary viewing. Uh, there's not that many sort of heats that you look back on and go, oh, yeah, well, that was clearly a fucking stitch-up. But what do you make of this, uh, you know, we know that refs can have a bad night with a whistle, umpires can make a dud call in matches, but do you reckon the judges actually have it in for Joycey? Do you reckon they've actually asked or expected more of him than than he can possibly give just – Based on his fucking prodigious talent and expectation.
0: Hmm, it's an interesting question. I mean, there is a a law of a rule of thumb, especially when it applies to uh, street fights, park football, just generally dealing with uh, battlers, And it's you don't steal from people who've got nothing. Mm. If they got nothing to lose, you don't steal from them because mm. they'll fuck you up. And I can tell you. The Wazzle judges are not on a pretty packet. Mm. And uh, if you're gonna hurl, if you're gonna flung, if you are gonna be dung at the WSL judging booth, you better know that they're coming for you. I mean, we heard, we heard Richie Porter. We, we the man, he's from fucking Frankston. <laughs> All right? Neither yeah. say more for Yeah, yeah you no, know no, good. call. people from fucking Frankston. Good call,
3: Smithy. No one but so, the, I mean, the highlight of this package, if you if you do bother to go and watch it is a heat with uh, Joycie and Mick Fanning at a semi-final at at Winky Pop. It's small. And uh, one of the beach announcers, Binzie, who actually I think might have come up with the name Sushi Roll. It was on the trip where that all went down, former Surfing Life editor. But uh, Binzie, you know, uh, he he, uh, does the beach commentary for all the Australian events, has done for a long time. And Joycie just flares up the stairs. He's just clenching his feet, kicking his feet and... Punching the railing, and he walks straight up to Binzie and just unloads on the poor bastard. Wow. Unloads. <laughs> oh, he's still and, got gauze packed in his ears from that oh, spray. Oh, it's on. such a good spray and uh, definitely my highlight of that entire hour and six minutes. So uh, that was a good one. Uh, the Puka shell necklace, just a fashion statement. No, that iconic. She'll never be topped.
0: Oh, i up there with uh, Kanye West's Subi sunglasses uh, up there with the Priscilla Queen of the Desert, uh, you know, satin silver flowing... Garb up there with uh Kathy Freeman's running suit, exactly. I mean, on the yes. Olympic team.
3: Yeah, no, no, you're you're you bang on. It's uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a look that will never die. And uh, in my head, when I picture the, the career of Julian Wilson, it's always with a poker shell necklace, absolutely. Always,
0: I mean, he might have grown old and lost the necklace and a hair follicle or mm. two, but when I think of Julian, it is in that that with that golden halo, yeah, and that oceanic. But what do you pukas necklace pearl necklace? What do you? <laughs>
4: whatever it is,
3: well, whatever I don't know it, was, what it, it looked exactly. good. It looked good, and and it was a it was a wonderful look that could only be pulled off by someone from the Sunshine Coast. I, I believe. I oh, don't think uh, you know. It's authentic. You, 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 you can't really imagine. I don't know Xavier Huxtable for example wearing a pukasil necklace. You can't. No, you can't I mean, see Taj Burrow wearing one. I mean, maybe back in the day. He might have done it if uh, if it was fashionable for a hot second being the uh, structuralist that he is. I mean,
0: uh, the day I saw it, the very next day, I was mm. there walking around the eastern suburbs. I actually went to a, a park football game, uh, uh, the Coogee Wombats versus the Redfern All Blacks in my puka shell necklace. Oh, and how I, did you go? Oh, well, I left that game in my, in my underpants. Yeah.
3: <laughs> just unconscious on a stretcher.
0: Yeah, that's right. In my underpants, I stripped of everything uh, bar the puka shell necklace. Mm. The only thing they left on me, Vol.
3: Well, that was number two, the puka shell necklace. And, and just on the fashion of Jules, it's worth doffing the cap here, Smithy, to Nola, uh, Jules's mum, who... Designed all his signature board shorts, uh, did a lot of his board sprays. Uh, that, that pink that he was representing for a good part of his early career uh, was a nod to uh, breast cancer, mm. getting checked up on. He was always campaigning. Every post he'd interview, he, he'd try and get it in there. And he started a campaign called Check Your Tits, which I, I just embraced wholeheartedly. Oh, I, I was every day couldn't week. get off my own tits. I was just oh, just massaging him and just making sure there was nothing too hectic going on, but in all seriousness, that was uh, such a cool thing to see a surfer right from the word go, you know, get on board with something that was really affecting him, his family, and not just that, a lot of women all over the world, Mm. and, uh, you know, big congrats there. That's my number two, but the number one highlight of Khan Joyce's career for me, Smith, is paddling Towards the shark when Mick got hit. Oh,
0: Australian icon, Anzac spirit, pooker shell, pearl necklace, yeah. deluxe.
3: Just paddling towards going, come at me, cunt. Come at me, fucking new great white. Me, you want to go with me, mate? From the fucking sunny
4: coast. You don't fucking go, go. Come on, you motherfucker.
0: You've heard of the Moffat D of Mafia, mate. Mate, it's just. Nothing, uh, you it. fucking dog. Tell your story, Walking your mat. Hey, hey. Yeah, you want to <laughs> get that, out there, mate? Hope you get the lot, you dog. Hey, uh,
1: get back on protection, you mate.
3: Hey, dog. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just can't think of anything that that you know. We're fairly fickle surf fans, aren't we? We we expect a lot from our our surfers, and when you look at Jules's top five highlights that we've we've illustrated here, and, and rounded it off with paddling towards a mate in trouble. I mean, fuck, mate, you couldn't be more proud. You couldn't be more proud of everything that he's given us. And I just want to fucking stand and salute Khan Joycey for a wonderful stint on the WSL World Championship Tour. Yeah. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> Here it goes. Mondo Conical yet again. Wow. Just endless, endless
3: cylinders worn. I'm sick of talking about it. Sick of talking, sick
0: about, of talking about it. About I'm sick of Sick of looking at it. It's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> but, uh, fucking off it.
3: I'm oh, off it. It's I'm, hard
0: to watch. I'm, the reason it's hard to watch is because you just know that you can see, but you cannot
3: have. I know, I know. It's it's uh, it's the ultimate fool's gold. It's it's uh, it's as it's as mean spirited as Kolohe and and uh, John John allowing Kelly to have a little whiff of that gold medal mm-hmm. opportunity. It's it's that mean.
0: Oh, it's surfing's it's just, version of going to a high class strip joint, isn't it? Really, born. I mean, mm,
3: yeah, <laughs> I guess it is, and it's a uh, it's just. Fucking annoying as well because it's the same cunts getting fucking coned on the sets of the day. And where's Varni's? Where's Varni's wave, Smith? Come on, man! Oh, gee whiz! I just uh yeah, yeah. How many more times can I watch Mitch Parkinson get drained? I, I can't do it anymore, nah, Smithy.
0: Nah, I can't do it. Not enough. Not enough. I've had
3: enough. But um,
0: um just a quick shout out to uh, Breno Dorrington. I oh, mean, mm. who is... Another uh,
3: man who uh, gets his fair share. out
0: there, Oh, mate. It? I reckon he got the cone on the swell. Mm. Uh, just a crazy reed on a giant chamber, impossibly deep, lining through the opening, cascading tomb of doom. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I mean, I know he's been kind of, you know, similar to Yao Ming, who was genetically oh, yeah. bred for his height. Uh, oh yes, but, the you know, uh, the basketball. The basketballer yeah, We yeah. in the Chinese kind of uh, you know, epigenetics tradition. Uh, I know that uh, uh, under the you know the the hawk government, I believe it was there was a similar mm. program on the Gold Coast to breed uh, tiny ferretty midgety <laughs> tube <two> pigs. And <laughs> Breno was definitely a part of that program. We can reveal if you, you didn't know, but I mean. <laughs> At three foot seven, he's fucking just, he's uh, purpose built yeah. uh, for the tube. And I, I just don't know if there's been a, a greater uh, tube pig in Australian history. I don't think there's maybe not a, a more tubed person in the Australian serving fraternity. I, from what I understand, what he uh, lacks in height he makes up for with the size of his throbbing, veiny pineal gland, <laughs> which yeah. is just – it runs from hairline to nose. I mean, mm. you're talking to the man, you mm. can barely stop looking at it. It's rude to stare, I know, mm. Vaughn, but the, just the size of it. and I mean, yeah. he, as you'd expect, he's he's shooing off women constantly, surrounded by a harem. Of beautiful yeah. meter maids and whatnot up there uh, on the cooling point so you can't go anywhere you know he's, I know he's a family man with a with a wife and uh, mm. a child but uh Jesus it's it's hard work being Breno Dorrington
3: oh man and just uh, there's something to be said for the line isn't there the line it's, it's, it's one thing to be that build and as you say genetically modified into a tube very too big <laughs> but the uh the <laughs> The, the line, the, the way those guys read it, I oh. mean, uh, in, in all seriousness, mate, it's, it's fucking supernatural, eh? It's actually mind-boggling that you could just thread something moving that fast and mm. just get it right. Like, mm. the, the, the the room for error inside those things when you're going that fast and the way they warble and the way they drain and the bottom drops out of them and to just maintain speed and the line is Fucking just n- never ceases to amaze me. This wave, just to give you a, a blow-by-blow
0: yeah. replay, impossibly deep. You know, they're kind of toying with it at this stage, mm. the Kool the and Gatter Mafia. Impossibly deep, takes off under the lip, jams off the bottom into this kind of like reminiscent of Slater at Chopes that year, that ludicrous highline oh, on yeah. the quad to knock yeah. John. Uh, did you knock him? Or was it a dead heat in the end? Was dead heat, a but he,
3: he pipped him. Yeah. Just
0: that ludicrous like vert highline r- Lying in a fucking huge chamber of pit mm. And the set, it just sections off And explodes with chandelier and spit on the end And you're like Oh well you got fucked on that No <laughs> Not the fairy tube pig There he is Emerging <laughs> Throbbing pineal gland out front, yeah, and then proceeds to thread another couple of yep. impossible deep sections. Oh, it's just fucking,
3: and just on uh, on Mitch Parkinson and, and Brent Do- Dorrington, mate, both performed really well in the last regional uh, QS event. Oh, glad uh,
0: you brought it up. And, and just, you were uh, there. I was there. I on was the calling
3: it, but uh, everything we hoped that that regional QS, uh, you know, reef configuration mm. promised. Everything we hope that it would it, it would deliver has delivered. Oh, they renamed it. All they- those, all those, even though it was our uh, Cal Robson from uh, just down the coast e- here, Evans, Evans Head, Evans Head, head, head local. Yeah, Evans good little Head. Movement, good little movement coming out of that little oh, heroin yeah, Okay. Hey? On take your fucking head off. Hey, hey, it's a fucking seedy little joint, but I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> it's got some talent at the moment. And uh, good turnout, good turnout of crew up there at Tweed Heads to support. But they,
0: they renamed it Battler Country, I believe. I mean, Mitch Parkinson to, to was fair, in the final. He, he missed
3: getting on the Challenger Series by one heat. But mm. the old boys, mate, and I, and I say that with respect. They're not old. They're not old by any stretch of the imagination. But the, the Q's Warriors are reinvigorated by getting to surf these events at home. Jesus it, it's well, coming, mate. Absolutely, there's gonna be. It's not going to be all fucking salt and vinegar for the young guys coming through mate. It's going to be fucking a bitter pill to swallow when the concrete is and the fucking That's right. Paddle pop. Stop, stop, go. Traffic men get out there and start winning a few fucking kiwis. <laughs> Telling you. Jeez, it was good to see, you
0: know, Mitch paddling out for his heats in a pair of paint and mud-stained board shorts. Yeah, you know, just knocking right. off. On a board stick, he, he's stuck his trowel in years. the sand, paddled out. And just started whacking
3: it. Yeah, he fucking got a ten or a nine point eight for a full rotor. That was as good as any you'll see. So uh big props to uh Michi and and uh Breno and um yeah I'm looking forward looking forward to a full year of this uh new regional series too, mate. It's gonna be chronic. <laughs>
0: Baradilla Cruz and Djapu. Jopu? Japu Jops. Next two stops. On the world tour, finally, Vaughn some waves of truth, mm. some waves of mortal consequence Less so Barry dealer Cruz, to be honest. But Chopu, I mean, a return for the first time since 2006, yes. one of the greatest surfing contests in living memory, yes. bar fucking zilch. Mm. No, no, Cruz, waves of
3: truth. Research. Waves of truth, Smith. And, uh, you know, when it comes to world champions and world title campaigns, you can't do it without waves of truth. No. You must have them. We must have surfers who surf with truth as well. Can't just have fucking surfers paddling out lying. Can't have them hiding behind fucking three-foot inside rip bowls at Merriweather. Can't have them hiding on a south swell at Narrabeen. Lying. <laughs> Liars. We need waves of truth and we need surfing of truth in those waves of truth. Otherwise, the whole thing is just a fucking rot. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong. No. Nah. You're
0: not wrong. Uh, I mean, the goat pool... Reminiscent of Baradilla Cruz in a sense, a, a smaller version, a, a more, it's been, you know, but it's been
3: sullied by the hand of goat. I just feel like the, the goat pool cannot be anymore, can it? Mm. It can't be. I
0: don't know. It,
3: it's, it's, I, I, I fucking will sit and watch surfing all day. If it's on, I'll watch it. I'm not a complainer. I can sit and watch five days of surfing, no worries. But there's just something lacking in the, in the early rounds of those comps. Like, I mean, the last day is epic. Uh, i think that the the way that you can get on board with the the top 5 guys in that in that sort of environment but
4: jeez, oh, mate yeah, the
3: goat pull oh it's yeah. t- an exercise in full blown fucking pavlov's dog torture
0: jeez mm, it was a it was a, a sus run of events you know to borrow from the, the local australian parlance mm. uh, sus indeed i mean geez, the wsl they've battled the first
3: stands of horn 100%
0: uh, merry weather, as we mentioned, Narrabeen, South Swell closeouts, burgery at best, Margs. Then the goat pool. I mean, it's a return to form and not a second too soon because my attention, for one, was beginning to wane. Mm,
3: well, I actually love the Aussie leg. I, I felt like watching those surfers in those ways, particularly when we were there. Like watching those shoreys get decimated, like that surf that I surf every day and the level of of what actually happens not on your TV screen, but in the flesh is, I literally was just blown away. And uh, we were on the beach for Morgan's heat against John John and mate, he fucking clobbered him. Like Mm. it was not even close. Like I watched it again on screen and and it just doesn't do Morgs any justice. Like he was just pocket rocketing the fuck out of those things, man. And And under
0: the section backside too, it it, It was one of the most glitchy manoeuvres I've seen. Oh, and then uh,
3: he goes down to to Narrabeen, does it again, goes to fucking, and then he, performs in the goat pool and like Mm. that's the narrative that makes this entire thing just so interesting because everything else went pretty much according to plan uh barring gabby's just complete dominance but uh yeah it's just uh so i enjoyed it but i'm with you i feel like we need we need to we need to step up now we Mm. need two waves at least before we hit trestle's that are going to challenge these guys and, and ask questions. Mm. Yeah, a couple of Honest moments. Honest answers.
0: A couple of moments for mine, the hard watch. But, uh, yeah, cannot wait for Barra Cruz. Great to see the women out there.
1: Mm. I mean,
0: uh, that's going to be sick. Coco Hose form in the, the electric Kool-Aid acid yeah. test, whatever it's called, Surfing just incredible. demonstrating the ability of women in you know playful point-break waves. Surfing is good as... Male pros in the 90s and 80s, I want to say. and Joanne Jo-han, Jo-han DeFay, mm. the goat pool, just lightning, like a lightning rod. Yeah, yeah.
3: Zap. Well, I, I just think, uh, you know, Barrett Ella Cruz is, uh, oh, I just can't see anyone beating Steph. Just can't mm. see it. Can't even imagine it. Literally cannot picture anyone but Steph standing on top of the diaz. Doing the big old jet stream in the face of her competitors. Yeah, it's true. Because it's… Uh, it's Australian surfing's golden girl, isn't she, Vaughn? She is. And uh, I just… Like, who else do you want to watch surf those Barry De La Cruz on a six-foot 6, six foot swell? Mm, like mm. Men's or women's? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. But, I mean, she's going to have to really… Nobody, Smithy. I'll nobody. just say that again. Nobody. Zero.
0: But she's going to have to pull her finger out. I mean, Carissa Moore, 8,000 points ahead. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, with the new restructure, it doesn't mean diddly squat, mm. does it? Doesn't mean it doesn't it's not
0: mean a pinch Diddly of squat shit. That's right. It's not diddly yeah. squat in the golden jet stream of women surfing. No, right that's now. right.
3: It's uh it's uh, zero, zero, zero. It just all comes down to trestles. So as long as Steph's in the picture there. Mm. Um yeah, yeah, I just feel like um look, Baradil Cruz, give me Steph Gilmore uh at uh chop I just want to see. I just really want to see Gabby, John, John, Italo, and uh, Morgie. Mm. I want to see those four guys. I, I want to see four. Morgs get up there in that convo at Chopes because that's the question mark. Like everyone knows that it's going to be who's going to be in the semi-finals there, barring you know, there's usually like one little dark horse who who slips up into the mix, but it just feels like if Morgs can get a semi-final at Chopes and big heavy Chopes. Question mark's gone. Mm. It's all about the world title run.
0: And I mean, why shouldn't he? Plenty of highly technical slabs in this country. Uh, And I'd imagine he surfed tons of them. I think it's one of the underrated aspects of the Australian surfing landscape is that we have waves that are, you know, I think, you know, parallel to Chopes in Mm. terms of technical, you know, we don't quite have the energy and the consequential or consistently mortally consequential nature of a mm-hmm. wave like Chopes. But we've got plenty that will, you know, on their day, they can hold a candle to Chopes, um, Morg, Borg strapped in a gaff, oh, sending it over the ledge at Chopes.
3: Stop it. Stop it, mate.
0: It's going to be a sight to behold. And in the women's, yeah. I mean, just looking at some of the clips coming out of the North North. Australian, Northwest Australian desert of BMAC, Ronnie McCurley, on, just B. packing the mondo slab at the tombstone. Yeah. A wave that, in my opinion, I uh, you know I think it's more technical than Chope's. Yeah, uh, ledge in the pit. You know, it's an under the ledge drop, a triple chamber. With Chope's is a thick under the ledge drop with a single kind of one and a half sections of mortally consequential pit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if Bronny can thread him at Toomey's in the fashion that she's doing, it's back-to-back seasons now. G- give us
3: your, give us your four, four winners for those two events. Give us the four, uh, cause it's, and then we're heading into uh, the, the WSL finals, which we'll talk about at length, obviously, when we get to them. But, yeah, who's your four winners? Go on. Just, just pick four. Baradilla Cruz.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with – oh, the heart says Steph but the, gold, the golden jet stream hints towards, I don't know, going off previous – it's going to be that arm wrestle, isn't it? Mm. Carissa Moore, Steph
3: Gilmore. I think Tyler is going to be deadly over there too. Mm. But I'm backing Steph. And um, in the men's side of Barra, I think – I just think uh, – I think John John, if he's back to form, will, will want to get – back in this conversation for the world title. Mm,
0: I'm going to go with a a dark horse there. Griffin Colopinto has been absolutely fizzing. Uh, He is so high on chutzpah and who knows what else. Mm. Uh, Some of the the positions he's getting his body and board into are heating up there at Trestles in a clip I just watched. Well, the carrot is there too, Smithy. The
3: carrot's there. He's a Trestles boy. So... So imagine it, California, like a hometown world title get shot. He's just got to get there. So yeah, oh, that's Baradilla a really good pick.
0: And uh, you know, he's got form he uh what was he a finalist, or did he even win that event there at Kira on a you know, Kira has shades of Baradilla Cruz, so he's no slouch in conical warping, yeah. wedging, yeah, semi point I think. breaks. Uh but breaks. Uh, that, that ten was, was amazing. One of the best yeah. tubes uh, I've ever the, seen. The
3: it. battle between him and Kanoa for for spot. Fiver and Mork, sorry, like there's a there's a three way going on there. That is, oh, it's a dirty, dirty three way. I'll tell you, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that comes out. And is going to be deadly on those rights as well because just just a variation that he can throw into, you know, putting a wave together. Like that's that's how he basically took Barley out. He's doing big floaters, whacking the lip. Throwing a bit of tail, lots of variation, and I think on a, a really long point, that's gonna that's gonna play well. Mm, mm. Uh, Chopes, I think it's gonna be a Gabby John John like brawl, mm. one of the all time ones because those guys they just can't seem to get on the same year where they where they're doing the, the Slater Andy thing. Mm. It's either one of them's having a shocker and one of them's having a fucking howler. So uh, yeah, I'm calling a Gabby John John final. Mm. And women BMAC all the way. Mm.
0: BMAC and the
3: big O for Smitty.
0: Gold, gold, gold <laughs> for Australia. <laughs> You're a kunja. Cool jack. Golden jet streams, golden cone pieces all around. Love it. A celebration of Australian gold.
2: I love gold.
0: <laughs> <Goap's> <laughs> goat watch, Vaughn. The goat. Uh, I mean, <laughs> where's he been? What's he been up to? What has the goat got up his sleeve for the back end of the world tour? I mean, he'd be nibbling weeds at the thought of surfing chopes. uh, A five-time winner at the event. No Mm. one's won it more.
3: He'd be bleating, wouldn't he? Mm. He'd be bleating the goat. Bleating here, bleating there, bleating all over the joint like the bleating fucking goat that he is. (laughs)
1: Chops! Chops! He's going
3: to be back, surely, for these for this next stretch. Oh, could, uh, could he qualify if he wins the next two events? Absolutely. Could oh, he qualify for that, that world title thing? Because oh, he's got a third. Currently uh,
0: ranked, I think, around 22nd. Oh,
3: he could jump up
0: there. 10,000
3: 10, points for a win, isn't it? Anyway. Something like that. But,
0: uh, yeah. No, you'd expect him to get a result at Barrow de la Cruz. Uh, I mean... I'm sure he's spent a lot of time on those Mexican point breaks yeah. over the years. Uh, you know, the point breaks of Australia were always a happy yeah. hunting ground for him. He's yeah. a master in those kinds of conditions. The goat pool, <laughs> eerily reminiscent of the wave. Go out. Uh, and Chopes, I mean, he is no one's he's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the goat.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. At at Chopes, he just takes off, puts that little tubby goat frame straight in the pit, comes out, nibbles a little bit of flour off the top of a cactus, paddles back out. Gets barreled again. Go, 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 go. With Goatwatch, I mean, I haven't seen much of Kelly doing anything other than just arguing with fucking multi-billionaires online and engaging in cryptocurrency discussion Mm. and getting involved in all these fracas that have nothing to do with surfing.
0: Well, I mean, he's had plenty of time to kill uh, while the Australian leg's been unfolding. What do you suggest he do? How better for the goat to spend his time than getting uh, balls deep in the world of, you know, cutting-edge culture. I mean, mm. he's got we, – we know he's a man of great and grave cultural sensibility.
3: He is. He's, and, he's uh, very, very, very woke.
0: Whether it be plant medicines in the Costa Rican jungle mm. – where he, you know, reports have it. He shat his pants in his linen costume. Oh, I mean, oh that's, that's been confirmed. Oh, that's yeah. been confirmed. <laughs> I mean, the, the gold cone piece, what's like, What's going around the grapevine? It was hard to, they really, you know, it's a lockdown in the Costa Rican jungle when they uh, bring the mystic brew out.
3: Is it true he saw uh, uh, when he held up the linen to the sun, he could see uh, an image of Jesus, uh, like the shroud of Costa Rica? just you know? Something
0: like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. it was a... I don't know if it was there or
3: it was, was – it, Was it Jesus or was it John John? Did he hold it up and, and there was John John's face looking at him laughing?
0: It I was a premonition it. of some sort. Mm. I know that it was like quite a, a pixelated almost cosmic galaxy of corn kernels <laughs> uh, just sprayed across the back yeah. of that white linen. There's nowhere to hide in white linen no. during an ayahuasca <laughs> brew ceremony born. You know that much. Oh, man.
3: No, you're I don't believe that you, was actually you,
0: one of the rites of passage of the uh of the <laughs> retreat it's it's something they all do they all mm. take the linen off and examine the uh the fudge oh, stains on the back of them it's a you know part of understanding mm. the journey from there on mm. um, and, and are
3: you allowed to like you know when you do your first uh, I don't know if you go to a pottery class you know you put it in the kiln you get it home and you're allowed to put it on your mantelpiece like do you cut out the, the linen and frame it and
0: Right, a little sort
3: of epiphany that you might have had during the uh, the the journey into the astral realm.
0: That's right. From Mm. what I understand, it's been framed and it's hanging in the goat lair, right alongside the Da Vinci Code parchment uh, and several other ancient
3: mystic scrolls
0: (laughs) that the goat has accrued in his long and decorated career.
3: Yeah, there's some. uh, I'd be so fascinated to know which um, which keepsakes the goat has held onto, because that would definitely be one—the sacred parchment of uh, Costa Rican. Oh, wash girl.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what else Clear, would there be in there? I'd assume purging. a couple of uh, world title silverware, although after 11, it all gets a bit passe, doesn't it? Ron? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, how much room can you justify taking up in your lair with <laughs> ASP, WSL? I mean, fuck. No. Is
3: it's, it's just so fun to uh, speculate on the GOAT's personal space, isn't it? He's a lair, mm. if you will.
0: Well, would it be minimalist? His hideout?
3: What should we call the, the goat's house? Would you call it a a hideout? A hovel? A, uh, uh, a, a little mountain goat sort of uh, rock cavern? <laughs> <laughs> that, like, do you reckon he's just... A climbs- doomsday
0: dungeon? We know he's into his chemtrail theories. You reckon he's got uh, just wall-to-wall canned chipolatas and mm. black beans?
3: Yeah, a pen. That's what I reckon he lives in, a little goat pen. Ah, uh- yeah and mm. at one end there's a little bale of hay that he can just <laughs> trot over and nibble on from time to time and on the other end there's uh, the, there's uh, a bunch of shamans sitting in white robes mm. with the uh you know the little bowl of the, of the magic ayahuasca and glory in the middle and uh, it's just from, from one to the other mm. nibble on the hay back to the ayahuasca nibble on the hay back to the ayahuasca it's impo- I mean, it's important. You know, he needs somewhere to go to
0: process mm. that 2003 world title loss to Andy. I, I believe that is the sole reason for all this mystic journeying and mm. uh, uh, cosmic uh, investigation. It is sh- just to overcome the post-traumatic se- stress syndrome from that. Mm. Oh, I mean, geez, it was a debacle.
3: Oh, mate. It, w- it, it was, was a, rough. It was a tough one for sure and uh, a lot going on in the Gates' personal life there. But uh, – Yes, maybe. Look, uh, I, I'm. I miss the goat. I miss him. Mm. I, I miss having his uh, head on screen. I miss having his uh, his, his mind fuckery just mm. constantly dishing out. You know, uh, just endless torture for for the up and coming generation. Mm. He's he's pretty much like you know the 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 mean old crabby uncle at the barbecue who just mm. fucking writes off. Writes off your clothes, writes mm. off your cheek, writes off everything. And, <laughs> and at the end of the day, you know, uh, you love him still. You still love him. Yeah, you, you want st- his respect. Your uncle. Yeah, you, want you want his validation. Yeah, exactly. You want his golden jet stream and I feel all like- over your face. <laughs> mate, and yeah, we all know about that jet stream. <laughs> fire hose, mate.
0: Breadstick stick and a half in the words of Cameron Diaz famously.
3: Mm. But uh, yeah, mate, look, I-, I-, I can't wait for the guy to get back. I miss him.
0: Yes, Likewise. God. World Tour Surfing's just not the same nah. without you, goat.
3: Bleat once back. more. Bleak get balls. out of your hovel.
0: Get out of your pen. Get out of your lair and get back on the conical journey, the cosmic conical journey. Come back to us.
3: <laughs> Under or
0: over. Are Brazilian world champs bad for business. That's the question being asked by Steve Elaine, a Brazilian journalist over there at Stab magazine. Mm. Um,
3: I, I actually missed this completely, but talk us through it because uh, I heard there was a fucking gigantic furor that erupted over this headline.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's been one of the pitfalls of working for the Stab premium uh, business model, mm. which is great, might I add. Uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. You have to pay us. To make you a product, the product being journalism. Yeah. Quite a simple, I mean, just to break down the way our economics system works.
3: Please do, yeah. uh,
0: Money (laughs) is exchanged for goods and services.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I thought I I could just get free shit off everyone and and have no uh, respect for the years of experience and dedication they've put into a craft. No, nah, in fact, that's not the case for I'm here to tell you. Oh, so Trumpian financing doesn't that, – that's not the general law.
0: Nah, no, Trumpian financing, Hillary Clinton financing, uh, uh, a world of parasitic bankers and global elites contributing nothing of value to humanity while ripping billions of dollars out of the global economy and stashing it oh, that's in bank accounts where it can't be reached by anyone except for a bunch of bourgeois parasites <laughs> sucking the life yeah. out of human. Humanity, uh, it's actually not how things generally should work. Okay. uh, And we're trying to rectify that. Mm. But uh, I think one of the problems uh, old mate Steve has run into is that most people don't want to pay. Right. So they read headlines. um, And they just react to the
3: headline. Which headlines are specifically engineered to get people interested, right? Mm. But they backfire sometimes because people don't fucking spend the money or even the time to read the actual article. Exactly right. Mm. And
0: I think that's been – I think Steve's a victim of this. I've been a victim of this. But uh, this is the – the gist of the story is this. Uh, Steve went undercover. Uh, He got some quotes off the record, or at least uh, attributed to an unnamed source. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of them had this to say, uh, you know why they didn't give Italo the score right? Inquired one surfer who asked to remain anonymous days after the Boost Mobile Margaret River Pro had ended, because they didn't deem the air complete. I suggested. Uh, I'm assuming he's talking this here about Narabeen, the full yeah. rotation backside air versus into the flats. yes yeah. stuck with a plume.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I Not didn't in the back eyes it. The I didn't back it. Didn't back it. I didn't back it. That. No. Fair enough. I was with Stace on this one. Uh, Furry
0: so- muff, as they say. <clears throat>
3: But when I said that during the live show at Manly, uh, Harbour, actually, which was fucking probably my favourite show of the two. One of the best. With Kingy and uh, Nicky Van Dyke, the, the Bush Doof, mm. Swilly and Queen. And, the Raging uh, Bull Dimity, Van Dyke. Dimity uh, Stoyle as well. I said it, oh, it was a no-make for me and the fucking crowd booed. Mm. They booed me. Wow. Smitty, everyone was Booing off before. Booing Northern Beaches local
0: for the <laughs> sake of a Brazilian getting the score with a, a an aerial. I mean, it's mm. it, it's it shows the... The switching of allegiances. I know. The polarising of the surfing community.
3: The Swellian army were on board with uh, with uh, Italo and forney and just got hung out to fucking dry, mate. Oh, wow. Deadly was lost. I hung out to dry like a pair of soiled Brazilian Speedos. Mm, hung out to dry like the uh, the shroud of John John at the Costa Rican Kelly Slater. I ceremony <laughs> hanging on the tree outside. But, mate, uh, uh, so but sorry, yeah, dig- I digress. Go.
0: So, uh, yeah, uh The 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 surfer—he's not Brazilian. The pro surfer explained that uh, the reason they didn't deem the air complete was the Brazilian domination is not good for business. He said. So uh, the WSL is tired of Brazos winning everything, and they'll bring us down whenever they have the chance. Bring us down. So that suggests the surfer being quoted is in fact a Brazilian pro surfer. Yet, if you were to look at the comment thread. On the Stab Premium uh, Instagram channel, it is nothing but fucking handfuls of black bean-dominated excrement being hurled mm. at Steve's face, at the Stab crew by Brazilian pro surfers, Felipe mm. Toledo, Ricardo Toledo, Yago Dora. Uh, the list is endless. A who's who of Brazilian surfers queuing up to hurl flung dung mm. Mm. Straight into Stabs' face, so I mean, it, there's a, a, a real confusion going on. Stabs had to backpedal mm. and produce uh, maybe two articles, even just clarifying what was written in the first, because of uh, you know the damage done to relationships in the Brazilian surfing
3: community. But it's a,
0: a storm in a teacup, a Brazilian storm in a it's teacup. A, it's a
3: it's a whole lot of hot air over fuck all, isn't it? <laughs> Man, but I, I think that you know the the biggest bummer for stab is that when the shit hits the wall like this, it just sticks. So you know, mm. like despite the fact that, as you say, there have been a couple of stories and just trying to to pedal it back to the facts of the story, mm. uh, it, it, in a lot of people's minds, they're not even going to read there. They, they've made up their mind now. It's like, nah, that joint, we that that's just bullshit, and uh. You know, I don't know how how that affects Stab or their uh, subscription model for the uh, Stab Premium or whatnot. Probably not hugely, but yeah, it's a bummer. It's mm. a bummer. It's outrage culture gone mad yet again.
0: Nah, indeed. I mean, the um, if I had a, a penny for every comment from a you know a, an American or a Brazilian demanding content for free mm. on that paywall uh, on that like. The irony that people from two of the most crony capitalist countries on the planet mm. demanding shit for free, mm. it's stupefying. <laughs> you're from the home of capitalists, the, home, the birthplace of global capitalism. <laughs> yeah. You realise that? And yeah. you're demanding stuff for free like it's fucking Berlin 1983. <laughs> like the wall hasn't come down yet.
3: Well, Tinak Beguz, comrade, cough oh, up, cut? Mate. Yeah, yeah. They'll be dancing in the streets when they knock down that stab paywall, mate. Duh. They'll be dancing in the streets. David Hasselhoff will fly over and start singing songs as the bricks come toppling down. That's how it's going to happen. Oh, God. How Building hilarious. You're fucking kidding me. I mean, how do we build a wall without a paywall, Vaughn? Yes, uh, well, look, I think the uh, lesson there is just fucking put your hand in your pocket, cough up the 12 bucks, and get the story before you start losing your shit like a fucking Nimrod.
0: Absolutely. Put your hand in the pocket and pull out coins instead of dung. Fling some coins at the boys. Mm. Not your fucking shit, not your ayahuasca riddled, coffee dripping, wet, sticky turd.
3: No. We don't want that. That's the message. Quality. A massive
0: under for the stab commentary. a yep. massive over for Steve Elaine and his scoop. It was a scoop. Great scoop. A valid story.
3: And Quality. It, and, and just on that, peaceworthy on, journalism. On the on the uh, on the actual story and the point of story, like rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Yeah,
0: are they taking? Are they bad for
3: business? No, not at all. No, I, I think if anything, all it's doing is uh, look. This is my take on it anyway. Like the rise of the Brazilian storm has been fucking fascinating. And the more that we've had uh, close contact with your Italos and your uh, Jadsons and uh, Taddies and, and, you know Yagos and all the crew. Glad you brought Taddy
0: up because she's easily forgotten in the story (laughs) of Brazilian surfing. (laughs) No, I know. I mean, she's as Brazilian as Fresh Gold Bart. She's Brazilian (laughs) as Jair Bolsonaro. She's as Brazilian as inequality.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, she's uh, yeah, she's she's flying the flag over there in Japan, mate. So, uh, yeah. But look, I uh, I think it's it's good for business. Mm. I've become enamored and in love with uh, the story of Brazilian surfing. Mm from you know, nothing more than just a couple of blokes paddling out on probably a couple of half-snapped boards that were left on the beach mm. to being the world's greatest surfing nation, competitively speaking, uh, men's, men's competitive surfing. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it is bad for business because what they've done is create uh, basically uh, – what is it? It's, it's a dynasty that can only be broken – by the most fierce competitor. And that hunger's got to come from somewhere other than entitlement and expectation and fucking prodigious talent. It's got to come from deep inside the soul. You know, it's like, it's like for, for, for us, Smitty, it's like, uh, New South Wales going 11 years without winning a, mm. a State of Origin series. Like, it just starts to eat you, eat you up inside, mate. You can't cop it anymore. It's like Australia haven't won a, a Low Cup for fucking 15 or 20 years or something. It's There's generations who are built now not as this, you know, next shining star who's going to dominate and take over the world. They're built with a very sour, bitter feeling in them that they're not at the top of the world, and they've got to fucking climb the mountain with their bare hands and get to the top and plant the flag. Well said. I yeah. mean, uh, so I love it. I think it's good for business. Yes,
0: absolutely. I mean, if there's one thing that the the anger, the rage from the Brazilian surfing elite stab uh, screams of, it is an inferiority complex. Mm. This kind of deep shame <clears throat> over there lack of competitive success, and they don't like being reminded of it. Mm, there you go. There's almost there go. like a, a, a hierarchy. It's yeah. an, an unsaid hierarchy uh, that Brazilian surfers are less than. There you go. And it's, it, it's been felt it. no, by the Brazilians. That. And I think that uh, they're on the come up big time. I mm-hmm. mean, to, to put it mildly, they're on the come up. Uh, I mean, in terms of it being bad for business, I would have thought very much the contrary. I would have thought, if anything – uh, if uh, all this mayhem, the documentary on the uh, Australian Povo Battler skaters uh, doing battle with Tony Hawk in America taught me anything. Mm. it's, that it's the,
3: the, the, the Tapas Brothers, was it? The, or Pappas Brothers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Taz Pappas and whatnot. That's right. Uh, if it's taught me anything, it's that...
3: The Tapas Brothers are in Spain.
0: True. Oh,
3: <laughs> Having little glasses of beer and eating octopus.
0: What? The hey, did you hear we got a, <laughs> a shout-out and that's that swell? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, the Tapas uh, Brothers.
0: That's right. Uh, not to be confused. He's, he's the mistake to make for him.
1: But oh, uh, if there's one thing so that good.
0: film taught me, it's that skating and surfing and these kind of mm. emerging sporting administrations like to push athletes in emerging marketplaces Mm. where they can flog tonnage of Taiwanese-made product to the hungry mouths Mm -hmm. of bored suburban youth. And I see Brazil as a potential candidate for that, Uh, elevator champion in that country, and watch the wallets open, Mm -hmm. Vaughan. America, I mean, prior to Slater, Mm. uh, Curran was the world champion. You know, he was... Largely ambivalent mm. about competitive surfing. And in Slater, they had a hungry, hungry mm. goat yeah. uh, who could devour yeah. a paddock of weeds mm. and a lair full yeah. of silverware yeah. and still be hungry for more. That's right. And they pushed it him more. It never ends the cycle. That's the, the cycle. That's the goats, That's Chris Davidson's charity,
3: form. <laughs> it doesn't end, mate. It's walk over to the hay bale, nibble, 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 back to the ayahuasca circle, drink, drink, drink. Back to the hay bale. Nibble nibble nibble. Bathe yourself in the cycle. The cycle doesn't end.
0: Bathe your face in your silverware, in your big WSL cup, Mm -hmm. and sleep on a bed full of cash and hay. I mean, Davidson reckons, Vaughan, he was pushed. He was pushed to his eleven. Those eleven rightfully belonged not so much to him, but to somebody else.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's a grand conspiracy on behalf of the corporate (laughs) capitalist surfing elite Mm -hmm. to rob. Australians have world titles yeah. one. Well, there, I said it. I okay. said it.
3: Yep. You've, well, there's the scoop. Here we go. Get ready for the hate mail. Get ready for the shit to be flung in your direction, Smithy. But don't be surprised if we see someone from Nepal, someone from Sudan, or someone from <laughs> Erie and Jaya holding that. Bricks. Gold, for getting, the, getting the gold medal whacked over those shoulders in Japan, because that could open up That's entirely right, new markets.
0: They call it bricks. Brazil, Russia, India, China, I forget what S stands for, but India. Just just wait. You'll see a world yeah. champ from Vladivostok, jacked as fuck, with muscles on his eyelids yeah. and syringes hanging out of his buttocks, yeah. air rotating yeah. his way to a world title or seven. Yeah,
3: Putin's got the Mark, pool. Mark my word. He's got the pool, it's already built, it's in the Kremlin, and they're already breeding little robot, steroid, riddled athletes, fucking Rocky Four style, Drago, just in the wave pool going, I must kill, I must destroy, I must win for Russia. You know it's true, Vaughn. I know it's true. I know. A uh, huge, what was that? A huge under for the, uh, the Stab commentariat and a huge over for Steve. Yeah, I'm with you. With you on both those calls.
0: Uncle Simon takes out Stab's electric Kool Aid <laughs> acid test. Again, I know, mate. The Ho siblings, they rode his channel bottom 20 to glory after Steph opted for the same craft. And I just want to say, cop that world.
3: Yeah. It's uh, well, one it's for it. the
0: battlers, Vaughan. Undisputed, one for the battlers.
3: Undisputed, the greatest shaper in the world now. Has to be.
0: Has if, to be. If Steph
3: Gilmore and Mason Ho are calling your board the best board they've ever ridden, ever, then you are the greatest shaper in the He'll world.
0: You'll be listening to this whittling banks, blanks in his tin shed, in the Byron hinterland, uh, you know, I'm his oldest serving team rider, Vaughan. Yep, He yep. Made me my first surfboard in my last. I can remember when he was but uh, a no-good Nick removalist on the northern beaches sharing a bong-scum, shag-pile, brown-brick dungeon mm-hmm. with none other than the irrepressible Ben Brown, the hell man oh, oh, himself, down there in Manly. Uh, some of my earliest childhood memories are from that, uh, that whiffy surf, nostalgia, mm. Nirvana, palace, and uh, to watch his trajectory through the rungs of surfing, uh, you know, an honest bloke, an honest family man. He's ticked every box. He's done it the right way. Proof that you don't have to be a bourgeois, parasitic cunt rinsing the world of mm. billions of dollars to mm. make a fucking living. He's done it the honest way. Proof that the good guy doesn't always come last, Vaughan. yeah. No. Simon Jones, Morning of the Earth. Surfboards, yep. a giant. Over- He's
3: the moat goat. He's the moat goat now. That's what we call him, moat goat. The moat, Simon goat. Jones. But uh, I've got to say, I um, went over to Hawaii to commentate the uh, Vulcan Pipe Pro one year, and and Noah was there taking part in the the electric uh, Kool Aid surfboard test that Stab puts put on every year. Uh, the one that you were just talking about that that Mason and Coco did this year with, you know, a, a whole v- variety of different craft by different shapers from all over the place, but. I got there and um, I didn't have a board. So I, I grabbed the twin fin that he shaped for Noah that year and took it out at Pipe and Backdoor and got some pretty decent-sized waves. Like, oh, didn't wow. get Didn't get cone but, like, fucking, man, paddled like a weapon. Mm. Then I took it down to uh, Rocky Point and had one of the best surfs I've ever had. Ever. And, and there was, like, three guys there. It was uh, Matty McGillivray was out there and – uh, myself and John Lawrenson from Child Eyewear. Supporters of fucking, that's that swell? No. Get on the Child Eyewear, folks. Fucking get on there. Support mm. Australian products. And um, But it was just unbelievable. Like the fucking speed, the drive, like, man, it just held in when you fucking wanted to bury it. It was just oh. the sickest board. And mate, you uh, could I'm, see the golden coming, showers from the cam highway. I'm coming rate. to get one. I'm coming to get one, Jonesy. I'm coming to get one because you're an award-winning fucking legend, mate. Mate, go. Uh, and s- oh, Sorry, shout out as well to um, Ian Byrne.
0: He just oh. shaped
3: me a nice fucking board too, mate. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Oh, he's a master craftsman and a, a fantastic character that we get to spend time with every year at the, the Billabong Burley Heads Single Fin Festival. He's a maniac bloke and a real character and he's just fucking a primo shaper. So thanks for the stick,
0: bruh. Mm. And while we're doffing our cap to Core Lord Underground Shapers, a big doff of the cap to the mycelium magician Daniels, Luke Daniels, uh, mm. Daniels Surfboards. Yes. Well played. Yep. Mad, he's just shaped me a nice, creamy, dreamy little twin fin with a flyer number, my, you know, signature raster colors. Nothing else for the Gold Cone Piece Award winning surf journalist. Mm. Um, he reached deep into the mycelium to draw on the inspiration for that design and uh, well played.
3: Well, mate, I, I hadn't had a new board, I reckon, for six years. I, I literally had just been like kind of beating my own quiver into into dust and I just went, fuck this. I, I've got to do a turn, Smithy. I've got to do a real turn mm. before I get too old. I reckon these knees have only got like two years, three years of good turns left because, you know, I don't I
0: – I'm, a bit I'm of, not an athlete. need a bit of swell CBD, a bit of swell Australia, yeah. CBD oil, Northern Rivers Grown – Northern Rivers made 100%. That'll loosen up the joints, lower the inflammation, mm. and a bunch of other shit. While we're plugging our products and yeah. our friends'
3: products. Well, that's it. Well, but I actually, uh, I, I got on a. Um, every time I've ever ridden, I, I get the chance to ride uh, Noah's boards a little bit. Mm. We're kind of the same size and weight. He's a huge dude, mm. uh, sort of t- tall and heavy boned.
0: Oh, has the carbs and on uh, him. the and calf just, muscles. Oh are yeah, there, there, there is Talk no ankle
3: on Noah Dean. No, it's just a two con- fucking giant like. Elephant mm. legs, just mm. like they go from knee to toenail, and it's just one chunk of flesh. Oh, it's unbelievable!
0: Barnes. The varicose veins are slowly working their way up. I mean,
3: but anyway, I got. I just I went. I got to get a short board, so I got a, a Luke short design LSD, uh, same one that was in Stab in the Dark that Taj was riding, and oh, wow, fuck, it's a good board, mate. Good board. So, little shout out to the shapers there that are frothing out, Smivvy and deadly, and fucking frothing on both those designs. Two new boards in five years, loving it.
0: Massive over, oh,
3: huge over! Mm-hmm.
0: Lobotomy, Volcom's new flicker, Noah Dean going skits at a misto break wall, and as it turns, the it turns out the missing link between surfing and kneeboarding. Boy, I've been waiting mm. for someone to connect these two interconnected, though often at odds, surfing traditions. Yeah. No, finally we've seen
3: it. Gets barreled on it, his knees. punts. It, it shatters me. It shatters me that Noah has had better barrels kneeboarding and switch foot than I've had. Mm regular foot in the f- 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 fucking a lifetime of surfing. It just shatters everything that I love about surfing, which is paddling out and thinking I'm ripping. Mm. It just it just destroys me. Yeah. Dumb dust, mate. Nah, I know the feeling. Sick movie. No as well.
0: Sick movie. I mean Jack this, Robinson, it, some of his turbo, down man manhack, oh. grab rail, water displacements. Yeah. They were just Interstellar.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was
0: Vaughn. It 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 it, it rankled my brain. my synapses were slightly melted. I mean, lobotomy is one word for it. I was, I was, I was walking around the streets just. Just muttering like a mad, mad yeah, man, yeah. Yeah. Electroshock, gates, just bug eyed Exactly.
3: Robo, 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 I
0: ended up in a psychiatric ward. No. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was running off the walls, just doing indies, frontside grabs mm. off the foam walls. Yeah. Just Robo, Robo. I, I couldn't forget it. I was the bottom line. It was fucked up.
3: Yeah, it was a such a good movie. Careful. A Careful. Classic Vulcan offering, and uh, Ryan Thomas does it again. RT, the creative genius mm. behind. Everything I think he's psychic do. migrations. Psychic migrations. Probably the greatest yeah. surfer
0: of all time. I'm yeah. calling. He's it's been there, there for in that a long time. Morning long of the Earth, yeah. Crystal Voyager, Echelon, of- and
3: yeah, I think Noah Dane just my favorite surfer as far as just fucking brutal. Front- you know, he's taken, he's taken the Dane Reynolds model of like sh- hardcore shortboarding, and there's just no. It feels like there's there's only feel. There's no thought for fucking technique, it's especially. Mm. Uh, he knows, but sorry, that's, that's, oh, gut that's feeling. incorrect. But it just, it, it, it just runs on emotion and, yeah. the, and the emotion is fucking eggy. Oh, it's, mate. It's, it's angry, a, foot-stomping, yeah. tantrum-throwing, fucking four-year-old fucking... Oh, you know, absolutely. Just, just having a full-blown tantis, yes, And yes. Uh, I just love the boned-out ears. I love the creativity. Mm. It just looks so free. It's a microbiome full of pavlova,
0: rotten yeah. egg yolk and red frogs. What's just the bubbling exactly, cauldron yeah, yeah. fructose and acidity. It, I mean, his pancreas is fucking ailing by the day. <laughs> the varicose veins like are creeping up his up. cankles. Day by day, but uh, the surfing he's putting down at second. To yeah, nine.
3: and I think that the the, uh, the 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 back and forth between Nara and Jack is just fucking mm. absorbing. It's just two completely different approaches, and uh, equally knuck, knuck and equally cash. working, equally working.
0: Labor and whoever the poor cunt was yeah. on the wrong end. Well, I mean, no, it's more equal than the labor. Didn't using it really.
3: But and just also uh, a little shout out to uh, our boy Ozzy, Fucking. Still getting deep in the cone zone, mate. The Still fucking getting so piped on those. I love the surfing on those uh, real long twins. They just look so good.
0: Oh, Desert Point, Bunko Bunko, Cylinders. Mm. Grooving, styling, and painting. Yeah. And grooving and styling and oh, painting. The, Groove
3: style, repeat. Yeah. Groove style, yeah. paint, repeat. Walk over here. Nibble on the uh, nibble on the hay bale. Mm. Walk over here. Nibble on the mushroom shake. That's right. Back and forth. Back and forth. A few mm-hmm. deep cones in between.
0: Correct. Perfect. The breakfast of champions, as Kurt Vonnegut put it. A <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Project Nazi over there in the archipelago, founded by Aussie surfers Sam Mahoney and James Foley, Jimmy Foley. Bloke actually went to high school with uh, Mm. Marubra Icon and just fucking legend. Doing the uh, kind of blue-collar Catholic, for lack of a better word, tradition that we descend from very proud. He's uh, running, uh, he he lives in Indonesia now, and he's just, during the pandemic, out of the sheer goodness of his heart, has taken to supplying meals to those who need it most in the uh, cash-strapped Tourism bereft Mm. island of Bali. 280,000 meals he's put out so far to the locals there. And uh, they've just expanded their operations to Bali's sister island of Nusulambongan, partnering with the Nusulambongan Board Riders Club. Yeah, organising boat lifts of badly needed supplies. Fucking legend.
3: What a legend. What a dead set legend. That's huge. It's huge. And Bali is in fucking dire straits from uh, all reports uh so it's it's really coffin the the peak of their COVID experience at the moment uh it's it's and the the government is responding with really tight lockdowns like apparently you're not you can't be out on the street unless you can prove you've had a vaccination mm. you cannot be outside of your villa or your house unless you can physically prove with the certificate or whatever it is wow that you've you've been vaccinated not just vaccinated within the like last 24 hours or something like it's It's madness. This this is the the, the sort of um, the vocal word that I'm getting out of there. Mm. I I could be wrong, but this is the sort of anecdotal, uh, you know, situation that that we've been hearing from friends. And, man, that that island, you know, uh, love it or or hate it that it it has to run on all this foreign money, but it's like fucking, man, without it, it's, it's, you know, people's lives are are so dependent on that tourism money that that it's got to be there. And when it's not there, fucking shit. Is real, man. Mm. Like you're talking about an entire fucking population of people just hung out to dry. Well. Oh. yep.
0: Well, uh, it's a fucking oh, How, What's oh, the deal? deal? Can we? Absolutely.
3: Can you? Can you contribute to this? Maybe. Yeah, is absolutely.
0: A- yeah. Just Google Project Nazi. I'll try to put something in, in the show notes. But mm. yeah, it, it's you know it's got some coverage through Stab Magazine and great. other media outlets. But it's a, a great Australian initiative. You know, just giving back. To the Balinese, there are our fucking brothers and sisters over there. I mean, I, I don't know a single surfer who doesn't have one close Balinese mate. Um, yeah, and of course we we go there. We we leave our money there. We enjoy their waves. We you know benefit from the hospitality, the culture. Mm. Uh, you know their their Hindu belief system. I spent three years living there. It's informed my worldview greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the most uh, you know it's probably the most in, intact indigenous culture. On the planet, that's mm. often uh, forgotten in the mix. That you know, they've met. They're an indigenous culture that's managed to grapple with capitalism, keep their spiritual values, their spiritual it's core. A, it's, un, it's, it's, it's incredible, incredible isn't it?
3: It's it's such a, a fuck, it's 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 unquestionable. Like the, the, no matter how much has changed, that's one thing that has only persevered in, in in a stronger sense. You know that that need for spiritual connection, that need for community, it, the, everything stops. When when that when that call goes out, you know, and it's it's just uh, it's an amazing thing to be a part it's the of. The best thing.
0: I love the, the, the punk scene there. I'm very close to a, a number of leading figures in the the Balinese kind mm. of underground punk scene. That the Indonesian punk scene in general oh, is, is like world best. Mm. Marginal, the great Javanese punk band living in sewers there, yeah. uh, you know, treating the poor in an urban commune, uh, giving them food. Like just there is acts of generosity mm. uh, altruism solidarity yeah. uh, in that country that uh, you know it, it's inspired me I, in no I, end so.
3: I always um, you know uh, it, one of the big things in Bali uh, is the offerings you know every single morning and every single afternoon a little uh, sort of a little banana leaf goes out onto the street. It's got like some incense in it, some uh, lollies, some cigarettes. It's oh. got like it's got everything. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate throwdown to the gods. Like mm. it's epic. And they they put it down lovingly, and then you know you see a dog walk over and just start eating it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it's 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 the process of making the offering where this where the the gratitude comes from, isn't it? That's and. Right. Uh, you know, like oh, you see him just getting trashed by tourists on motorbikes. The guy stepped step down put his foot straight on one. Oh, and what's this all shit? All that sort Dude, of
0: stuff. Get me a jam jar and a bunch of fucking but, Xenex. Look at this
3: backwards but, culture. But
0: there's no... Stop hawking at yeah, me. There's no
3: anger or, or, or uh, huh. disappointment or anything because it's just... That moment of, of preparing and being grateful for life—it's fucking—it's right. such a good takeaway, man.
0: And uh, I think this is like verse seventeen six in the uh, Hindu mm. sacred text. Uh, it says something along the lines of, "Thou who acts like a cunt uh, will fucking get his comeuppance." Mm. Something along those lines—a yeah. rough paraphrase. But you know that that's deep in the karmic tradition. They they know uh, through centuries and thousands of mm. years of. Study and meditation that people who uh, act like decadent nihilistic fuckwits get their comeuppance in all manner of ways, although it's you know unseen by them in that moment mm. of, of their country.
3: No, one hundred percent. So a huge over for Project Nuzzy. That's uh and I miss barley. I miss barley. Just talking about it then made me, you know, want to get there.
0: Made my banana cry, Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn, there's a. What would you call it? It's something of a, a revolution happening mm. in a surf town, uh, Durban. The scene of Derek writing Hines, and... The l-
3: scene of Derek Hines' fatal eye, mm. uh, leggy incident.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think this is right on that uh, kind of pegging of just obscene tragedy. Mm. Um, I mean, well, the Durban... Iconic surf town, home of Geordie Smith, Travis Logie, yeah. uh, the Gunston 500, the scene of Martin Potter's uh, unveiling to the world, mm-hmm. uh, behind losing his eye, and so on and so forth. Today, the scene of unprecedented rioting and looting. Um, and, uh, you know, rather than pontificate from afar about the reasons for such a large scale schmozzle and debacle I phoned up uh, Tom Hewitt MBE what does MBE mean? it's like some kind mm. of
3: mad mad bastard <laughs>
0: mad bastard par excellence
3: Something <laughs> mad like bastard par excellence
0: I believe it's some kind of award uh, given out by the Queen or some shit but uh, Tom Hewitt's also the founder and global CEO of Surfers Not Street Children, which mm. is an organization out of Durban that takes kids out of the slums, puts them in the surf. Mick Fanning is uh, one of their ambassadors. He's done a bunch of community work with them, as you might have heard in the uh, Cooling Out episode that we, where we had him on. Uh, one of the, the greatest organizations in the surfing universe. Mm. Uh, and Tommy, he, he was a, uh, an anti-apartheid activist. He's been on fact-finding missions, uh, you know, all over the country uh, during those heady years when, when the, that obscene fucking administration was falling. So he, mm. this guy knows the ins and outs of South Africa better than almost anyone you can talk to. And, and he works on a daily basis with, uh, you know, some of the most hard luck stories on the planet. Mm. Mm. So uh, I had a chat to him about what was going on over there in Durban. It's just an excerpt from a longer chat, which you'll have to uh, head over to Stab Premium to, to read the full story, the full feature, which will include many other voices, not just his, mm-hmm. uh, about the, the intersection of surfing, poverty... Looting, rioting, and uh, South African culture and history, because it is a famous, famous surfing destination, mm. one of the most storied. Uh, but it is also a place where our surfing forefathers, Curran, Haran, Carol, uh, you know, took such a, a strong stand mm. uh, over apartheid, and nothing's changed there. It's not fucking a, a shade better, mm. you know, than what it was then. Um, despite what uh, you may be led to believe. But uh, it's the same old shit, and I think as a uh, you know, the surfing public is swellians, it's our duty to stay on top of it all, keep talking about it, keep uh, reminding the nihilistic parasitic filth exactly what they fucking are. and uh, we'll just keep doing that. just like Haran, scum Valley's finest mm. Carol Curran yeah. did in the bygone era.
3: I'd rather grow a lettuce than win 50
0: grand. Who else said
4: yeah, just craziness. I mean, basically it's an attempted coup.
0: Right, right, okay. Yeah, can you um, give us a bit of an insight into what's going on over there, I guess, from, uh, sure. from the ground?
4: Yeah, I mean, basically what you've got is there's a group of instigators um, who I'm sure you've heard are sort of based around being supporters for the former president, Jacob Zuma who's uh, going through various different corruption charges. He's actually in jail at the moment for a contempt of court. And when he was uh, jailed, uh, they planned this sort of, what can be described as an insurrection. Um, so there's a, there's a group of, of his sort of loyalists. And these are not just sort of, you know, villagers. These are like, you know, former heads of, you know, state security and, uh, you know, if you think about the amount of money that was siphoned off during his time they've got f- fairly unlimited resources um so there are people in uh, in really really sort of uh, senior and privileged positions in the last uh, you know decade at least um, so what they did which was which was really sinister and and, and clever sadly um, was that they you know understanding the fault lines within the country that it was pretty easy to uh, create a scenario through sort of fake news and um, and various methods that just capitalized on all the cracks within society. So what happened was a group of instigators uh, were able to mobilize um, some very, very desperate people. And so you've got two groups, really. You've got you know, those who really believed in freeing Jacob Zuma, and that was certainly the organisers. And quite a few of um, those in the region had those sentiments. And then you get poor and desperate people for whom life has just been shit for so long and is even shitter now with COVID. Um, and for a moment, they're, they're sort of given this justification for for taking. And you can imagine that's pretty, pretty compelling if you're... Uh, if you're desperate. So you know, it was a, it was a complete manipulation um, of the people at the bottom. And of course, the reality is, it's the people at the bottom that will suffer the most anyway. Um, so yeah, just a really dirty situation. Um, you know, a lot of it was also to undermine the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, um, who I believe is, is is a man of integrity. It's just he's inherited a government, <laughs> like Zuma appointees. And just an, inherited a nightmare. I'm not sure how how much one man and and a few and some similar-minded people can actually achieve in overturning what happened during Zuma's time. But um, so the idea was to sort of also paint Ramaphosa as as inept and and chaos. And mm. you know, again, these fault lines they they, they were very clever. I mean, this, it, this wasn't just like a dumb wave of rioting, and man, these guys are idiots, they're ruining their own future. This was so calculated, and calculated by quite clever people. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, it's interesting, uh, you know, ruining their own future. If you're living in a slum in South Africa, I don't think you have any future, and I feel like that's at the root of this problem. Um, And whatever the the catalyst for the looting was, I mean, would you agree that the root cause – Of all this unrest is really just the worst inequality on the planet, uh, which has existed for decades now
4: 100% I mean, I I personally think that you can trace You know when when Mandela came into power There was a document that was kind of like the the Bible of the, the time and it was called the RDP Which was the reconstruction and development program and this program prioritized the poor during Mbeki's uh, time in power, just before he was ousted by Zuma, he brought in, a, he changed it, kind of ditched the RDP, which mm. was a very sort of uh, bridge the gap, you know, uh, for the poor. I mean, obviously, certain people deemed it as, as a socialist document, you know, the way uh, politics works. And um, But what happened is they brought in a new economic policy called GEAR, the growth and economic redistribution or something like that um, a long time ago, and gear was basically a neoliberal privatization policy. Mm. And I, at the time, that was like whisked in and, and in my mind, and this is opinion, of course, um, that was the beginning of, of a of a slide, which basically said, Well, it's impractical to try and help the poorest of the poor, let's just try and develop a, you know, a, a, a policy and, and, you know, they would say, well, develop a black middle class, but since then, the divide just continued to to be there, and and I think during Zuma's time, it's fair to say that it um, it became worse. And, and of course, you know the, the problem with this is that it feeds a lot of narratives. I mean, historically, you know, there's some na- narrative, particularly among whites, that you know uh, the ANC came in and it was corrupt. South Africa's always been corrupt.
0: Oh, no man, yeah. Apartheid, I
4: apartheid was. Apartheid <laughs> was hideous hideous for what it was, but it was also, they were also stealing as well, you know, it wasn't just the the racist capitalism, you know, they were stealing as well, so it was corrupt, this is not a, this is not a new thing that came with black.
2: Nihilism
0: breeds nihilism, corruption breeds corruption, (laughs) like.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, and also, you know, it's, uh, a lot was sacrificed in the name of peace, um, in terms of uh, ensuring that certain, you know, business agendas were kept and that was seen as an, an, as an essential, but obviously when you start doing that, you know, that it's the poor that end up not being, you know, their situation's not rectified. So you definitely have, I mean, you know, this already some of the worst inequality in the world in South Africa and people are living on the edge. I mean, you know, you mentioned something very interesting. You said about, um, you know, not being able to, the idea of the future and, and thinking for tomorrow and that being sort of an alien concept if you're if you're in such struggle. I mean, one of the things I've learned working with the street kids, in fact, one of the hardest things is how is transforming or empowering kids to transform the idea of just living for today. Mm. And mm. A, if you've got your needs, the idea of living in the present is is something really exciting actually. But if you haven't, if you don't have your needs um, met, you cannot. Process living uh, for tomorrow, they're, those concepts just are not, they're too scary to even think about. So, you, you literally, and we found that the kids coming through, the hardest thing is for, to get them to think about how to set up lives for the future because the futures is just, you know, you learn the environment that you grow up in. And if you've grown up in that, in such intense struggle, you, you dare not think about tomorrow.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got some statistics here. According to statistics from the University of Cape Town, The average South African kid will experience eight heavily traumatic incidents a year. And now in Australia or the UK, it's four across an entire lifetime. Um, It's crazy, isn't it? 20 to 50% South African children have post-traumatic stress disorder and less than 50% will finish school. Um, And we're looking at unemployment rates of... uh, 55% of people aged between 15 and 24 unable to find any kind of work or income. I mean, that's not separating uh, the black and white populations, those statistics, but I think what people don't understand if they haven't been to South Africa is uh, what the breakdown of populations are, which is basically... Uh, you know you've got around about nine percent white and uh, something in the vicinity of um, you know seventy to eighty percent black um, with the colored like ten percent or something uh, making up that uh, last part of the the population um, of that seventy to seventy percent or whatever it is uh, of black people in the country, like the vast vast majority of them are living in, slums as I mean this isn't news to you this is news to um, you know our audience but they're living in slums yeah, yeah. you know with uh, dirt floors no running water no electricity uh, you know shanties made out of scavenged wood and tin um, yeah. in, in, they're surrounded by high-powered illegal firearms uh, there is rampant drug abuse cyclical trauma of an atomic variety that you know, no person growing up in a European country can really wrap their heads around, like, we all have, you know, degrees of poverty here, but not on the scale of South Africa. It's, it's beyond, it's so far beyond anything I've seen in my career, you know, and I lived for, for years in, in Asia, and, uh, you know, the poverty there is pretty suffocating too, but the inequality is not quite as stark and racialized and extreme,
4: yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that the, uh, you know, we look at the, the violence in South Africa and I think it stems out of that and out of years of collective trauma. You know, if you go to say Mozambique, just over the border, there's, uh, there's intense poverty in Mozambique, but it's kind of like, uh, everyone's poor and it's a blanket poverty mm-hmm. and the infrastructures of community are still pretty much intact. Whereas, um, what South Africa did with apartheid was so in, inhumane. Uh, it really decimated a lot of community structures. I mean, kids grew up without their parents around. The father was in the mines. The mother was working as a maid in, you know, uh, in a rich area. They, they wouldn't re- they'd grow up, <clears throat> excuse me, often with a, you know, a granny who just couldn't provide the needs, or just you know, around a family shack. And so, all these sort of community safety nets were kind of decimated. Um, during apartheid, and what you end up with is a situation where, different to Mozambique, the the riches and what life could be like are so in your face in South Africa yes. if you're poor, you know, and it kind of fucks you off after a while, you know, it's like, um, you know, you see that every single day, and you realize that every day that reinforces that you're second-class citizen, that you're, oh, yeah. you know, that's... That's not your your lot. And you know what happens if, if you're consistently told the same messages. You're not as good as other. You don't deserve this. You're second class. And you're told through words and through actions. You internalize that. And when you internalize that, you know, you come to see yourself as second class. And if you see yourself as that, then you see others in that. And life becomes cheap. Your life becomes cheap and the life of others. And so it's not too hard to understand. Um, why violence is so prevalent, it doesn't excuse violence, but you can totally understand mm. that in that context. And you often hear you know, people from rich uh, neighborhoods in South Africa, they just can't understand how these people could do this to them, how they can be this, how this, how that. Well, of course they can't because it's a totally different lifestyle. And again, not condoning any of those negative responses that come out of that scenario. And it was quite interesting. Um, that during this, uh, this uh, rioting period, um, yeah, there was quite a bit of a response. Um, but again, the response was not so much around how this would impact the people right at the bottom. It was about how this would impact people living in really nice neighborhoods who, you know, for once, um, or maybe not for, for the first time, but were, were threatened by this. You know, the news goes away when, uh, when, when the threat to them is gone. Whereas the threat to the lives of the kids we work with, the threat to the lives of the people in the townships is something that if we could connect on those levels, those living in wealthy areas, if you could actually really connect, you'd actually, you wouldn't stop campaigning. You'd be out there saying, well, fuck, this is awful. You know? Um, so, you know, I do understand that it was a traumatic time for everybody in South Africa and, um, and really some, some shocking stuff across the board. Um, but uh, but obviously when when we strip away the rioting, you know, people go back to their homes with a bit more safety and security. A lot of people in South Africa still go back to horrific conditions. And of course, the, the pandemic was already, you know, uh, had, had impacted this on an economic level so much. So, for example, kids in our program. Who, who have parents and who they live with in, in really meagre circumstances, sometimes in these sort of awful group shelters in town that are just these hovels, their their income, which was the informal sector, has been so decimated by the, the pandemic already that, uh, that basically what we've had to do is um, we're responding to that. So anything that comes from the writing is just like, heaped on top of a situation that is already bad. And then the pandemic, of course, is heaped on a situation which is already bad because of all the things that you've spoken about. So, mm, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a scary time. And, and, and I think for, the, for a lot of people, some people will recover quickly. The businesses will, you know, some businesses won't recover, of course. And some people, there are always, you know, extreme cases. But I think this is just for those at the bottom of the pile, these, the pandemic, and then the riots just compound, compound everything further.
0: Absolutely, I mean, it just seems so disingenuous to me to blame it on one administration and 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 one moment, one catalyst in time when you know this is a build-up of decades of the same rot and uh i can uh, if it was me living in that slum i would want to turn the table over and burn it all down the second i had the chance yeah i would i i i I just completely empathize with uh the sentiment there it's it's a farcical state of affairs I, i can't even take i can't take it seriously but what i can take seriously is your organization and uh the work you guys do, I mean, can you tell me, like, um, how you were affected and, and some of the kids, can you tell me the stories of some of the kids you um, work with and, and how they've fared through this period?
4: Yeah, we work with, with two different sort of, um, for want of a better word, categories of kid. Um, and we work with kids who are on the streets. Um, the, the goal is to get them off the streets and we work with kids that are at risk of what we call street connectedness. So that's all the things that happen in the streets that are kind of outside their window or outside the shelter that they live with a family. And, and these shelters are not good places. They're sort of pay shelters. Um, and uh, so what we uh, what we saw was that the kids on the streets just, um, you know, it was just chaos around them. And, and they're pre- pretty jaded from the things that they've seen. So um, they were. Um, they just got out of the area um, can you, and and just sort
0: of. Sorry, can you sorry. G- give us an a, a quick example of you know the things they might have seen? What's what's typical?
4: They would in our area. They wouldn't have seen so many of the uh, sort of uh, the defence groups for the neighbourhoods. They would have seen widespread looting, and they would have seen uh, shooting, and um, uh, you know they would have seen at least to start with. Um, some, uh, certainly some violence towards the looters as well. Um, but they would have been seeing chaos. And a lot of them said that they, they found it really hard to sleep because there were gunshots going off and they're what they described as bombs. Now they weren't bombs, but, uh, but I'm not sure what they would have been, but there was something in amongst the, the looting, um, you know, maybe in the response to the looting or, or even in the smashing of stuff. And they were fearful, um, for people they knew for their parents, and you know, obviously, some of the parents may have been out there looting as well. Um, so the the kids have this kind of like double, you know, fear because their parents are obviously trying to get whatever they can because this is, you know, these are very desperate people, and, and you know, and I understand that predicament of uh, of desperation if the the doors are down, they'll you know go and take. But some of the kids were were, were really fearful for their own uh, family members, for their parents, um, and yeah, they just saw. Any semblance of um, of, uh, of sort of community foundation—that's or, or that's not a very good way of putting it. Any semblance of structure, should I say, in the um, in the area was just destroyed, and that's a you know incredibly uh, you know it's cre- it creates quite an anxiety for for the kids in the program. And then they had the for the ones that who who obviously. Um a lot of the kids didn't go out in the all parents didn't go out rioting. So they started getting very hungry when the food ran out. So there was the anxiety around not knowing if they could eat, um, and where the next meal would come from, because literally every shop in the area sold out. I mean every most shops were raided and anything that wasn't, I mean the food was just gone or um and so the the whole of the, the point area, which is a bit different from a township, it is essentially a township, but it's um it's where the overspill in, in downtown Durban is so people coming out to, to escape the townships and then end up in sort of a very urban poverty which is actually um, you know a pretty heavy place uh, for kids to grow up in and it's where we're based and, and most of our our work is and so so the kids on the streets saw a lot just because they live on the streets and then the kids in the in, in the so-called shelters I mean they just witnessed absolute chaos and being in the midst of absolute chaos so for, for a lot of them it was a very very frightening experience and what was interesting is uh, um, a lot of kids came to our our beach base right the way through it just to spend time there and 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 be there to to, to be safe because it was uh you know it was obviously really unnerving and and we've always tried to create you know to make sure that any of our bases whether it's the surf house um the residential centre, or whether it's the uh, the the, the, um, the club on the beach, as safe spaces, and that was very much a, became a safe space during this time.
0: Wow, incredible! And I mean, I guess surfing is such a big part of your program. It, it brings so much joy um, to these kids' lives. Um, Durban is a famous, famous surfing community um steeped in history and uh, it's had so many iconic events there over the years i mean um in a situation like this like <laughs> do you like what role does surfing play or what role will it play in the future i mean uh yeah
4: i think um you know <clears throat> as, as you well know the you know surfing has its own uh therapeutic values in and of itself um, which is which is a positive. I mean, a lot of the kids after the first day or two of rioting, um, when you know when, when they sort of peeped their heads over the parapet and came to the club, and they the first thing they wanted to do was just clear their heads and go surfing. So actually, surfing played a role whilst the whilst this was not at the beginning of the rioting, but as it's you know sort of midway, we the kids were back in the ocean and they just needed that sort of cleansing uh, that the ocean gives to us all. But of course, for us, it's it's a lot. Um, deeper than that because um you know we fuse this passion of of surfing that the kids have developed through the program with the mentorship and care and that's where that's where we we can really have um impact and i think that obviously this is something we've been doing for a long time and something that others are doing around the world but um we find it a a really good um combination i mean people often say was well, the surfing that's changing their lives i think surfing can change people's lives and uh, but i you know there's a lot of kids that have come through our program you know we don't have a 100 percent success rate and there are some that carry on surfing but never kind of left the streets and, and so surfing alone tends not to you know transform the kids lives i mean it's a very very important part of our methodology but to be honest it's really the catalyst for the relationship building and then the sort of mentorship and and social care alongside that so the combo um the combo can be really good
0: unreal yeah i mean it's so true surfing it's a a shining light in an otherwise bleak and unimaginably horrific existence in a lot of cases. Um, I mean, like, what is the way out of this predicament? Like, where to for South Africa from here? I mean, what's crazy to me is is how much we have at our disposal to fix these kinds of problems, like, you know, all kinds of proven low-cost therapies for trauma, billions upon billions of dollars locked away in the bank accounts of the world's richest men, you know, one of whom is South African Elon Musk. Um, but it, yeah, it just, it <laughs> exactly. just, yeah, it just seems like there's no political will and, and I know to, to, to properly address these problems. Uh, you know, there's just so much dragging
2: of the feet. Uh, there's so much, uh, you know, just, we know what needs to be done. I, I don't think it's uh, addressing inequalities is not fucking
0: rocket science. Like, um, you know, so what, Really, I I just search for answers, and it's not just in the case of South Africa, it's in the case of many countries, but I I always wonder to myself, you know, what underpins this nihilism, this, uh, you know, hatred even of um, your fellow man, like, why is there no political will to fix these problems?
2: South Africa's on fire, and Elon's on the moon. A poverty and violence-filled quagmire, and Elon's on the moon. Ill-gotten fortunes at his countrymen's expense. This cunt's got more dollars than he's got sense. He'll soar high in the sky. The very human embodiment of a big fat fucking lie. Happy for his people to subsist on humble pie. Whitey with his foot on throats and Elon's on the moon. A friendly face, woke and toking joints, but still a fascist goon. A world in crushing debt or worse. And Elon's on the moon. A billionaire with perfect hair. Saving lives? Nah, why should I care? And Elon's on the moon. 130 kilograms of lard sent skyward on an aeronautical punt. But, uh, hold on. Didn't we already pull off this stunt? Nah, not quite, mate. This time we're sending to space a South African fat cunt. Pigs will fly and slum living South Africans will die and Elon's on the moon. May we pray for the day when we hear him say Mayday, Mayday, Mayday when Elon's on the moon.
3: Great interview, Smithy. Thanks so much for that, mate. I fucking love getting the inside word from the fucking ground, mate. Boots on the ground. Get it from the get it get it from where it's happening. Mm. From some fucking The latest Mm. fucking agenda driven mainstream media outlet that Mm. doesn't give a fuck. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no
2: lie.
3: (laughs) Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. So, mate, ask us a question and it's about time and we have some beauties and we're going to get straight into it. First question, off the rank, is from Lockie McDonald. And uh, I don't know how woke this question is, uh, just in, in language. I'll, anyway, I'll read it out. Lockie says, what are your favourite Jap vending machines? It's Jap, Jap's not woke, is well, it? it's, it's just, World it's just, War II woke. But, um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, what are your favourite Japanese vending machines? Beer, coffee? Underwear, Mm. etc. And will any Olympic surfers indulge? Do you think? Well, great question, Lockie. Uh, Do
0: we have have any panty sniffers in the uh, Urakanji?
3: No, we we must. I don't want to name names, but there's definitely someone on the hardcore Wim Hof undie program for sure. (laughs) Fully in, (laughs)
4: let it go.
3: (laughs) But um, yeah, I I, I find it fascinating that (laughs) Japan is such an evolved culture mm. that they allow a vending machine to exist with beer in it. You can just walk up to any vending machine, put in your your, your money and get beer at any hour of the day, any time. Ah, uh, imagine remarkable. those things in Australia. You'd well, just, I mean, just see them chucked in the back of utes and driven back to your mate's house and never seen again. Mm. There's no way we could cop that in, in this country, no I, chance.
0: I mean, we cop, a, we cop a bit of a bad rap in terms of being beer-swilling convict genetic fucking just mm. crude crass bogans. But, I mean, Japan, in my mind, is the home of public drunken indecency. I mean, this is <laughs> a place where uh, your average businessman, your high-powered businessman is, you know, pass, passed out in the street in the yeah. gutter sleeping on his suitcase. Mm. And it's fine. Yeah. The cops just drag him off to a some kind of insulated dome and let him sleep it mm. off and... Uh, you know, it's a, a utopian vision in a lot of ways. It right? is.
3: It is. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm sad that we're not going to get a lot of the the culture and the, and the stories of the country. You know, yeah. like when the Olympics is on, uh, when I sort of you know pull up my couch for the two weeks, make me popcorn, just sit there, you know, and just gorging myself on all these uh, sports that I couldn't give a fuck about the rest of the year. Uh, I love the stories. I love the the lifestyle. Program mm. slash aspect of, of getting to know the, uh, the the most idealistic version of that country through mm. the through the media, you know, and and through the, the tourism department selling that country to the, to the rest. That's of right. The world. Who could
0: forget Rio? You know, Mardi Gras, mm. delightful beaches. Yeah. No, 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 flawless country. No, flawless.
3: Not, not a speck of dirt mm. in the
0: Nothing whole joint. Nothing
4: to see here.
3: Nothing to see here. Nothing but beautiful, bountiful mangoes. On the streets, just pick one off the trees. Look at these place.
0: happy kids in their slums. Look how jolly they are. Oh, they're so You're, happy. You want to take the slums off them? You want to take that smile away?
3: Mm. So, yeah, I, I will miss that aspect of this Olympics. But our uh, favourite vending I, machine, I think maybe uh, just the uh, white bread crustless egg sandwich vending machine. That's, uh, that's a good one. Crustless has always been a
0: winner. Mm. Uh, I'd have to say probably the – I mean, you, you go with the egg sandwich. I like the uh, Tenga egg Uh, Which is a, it's, as you'd imagine, shaped like an egg. And uh, it's actually a a kind of gelatinous, soft, warm masturbating device uh, in the shape of an egg. You just pop it over you, pop it over you, Johnson. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, (laughs) I mean, if you're noticing some similarities between that and the chorus from the Ira kanji, uh, song team, Anton, That's purely coincidental.
3: Court case pending. Love it. Great question. Great question to, to kick off. Uh, Any truth? Sorry,
0: just a quick question before. Any truth to the rumour that uh, they've erected one of those giant perspex drunk tanks over the entire athletes' uh, village and Olympic? Stage, you know the ones, the ones that the the, the maggot Japanese businessmen sleep it off in. Has that not been just a, a huge?
3: It's like a biosphere. Mm. Is this true? Oh, I, I, I haven't looked into it, but uh,
0: protects I, not only the spread of COVID, but mm. uh, according to the emerging science coming out of Japan, chlamydia as
3: well. Oh wow, wow! Oh, but actually, it's funny you bring that up, chlamydia, because uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's always funny. There's so many questions about rooting in the, in the Olympic Village, and I, I think that it's. One of the great tragedies that, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a whole bunch of, you know, look, the the are, are, are hardcore family people. Mm. Is, is there a single? Well, I think Steph's got a fella. Maybe well, Sally is going to yeah. have to fly the flag in the Olympic Village for uh, you know the sort of debauchery and. And uh, we promiscuous hope. sort of uh, behaviour that, that, that the games are famous for. We can only hope. I
0: know she, she cut the ball and chained Trent Merrin
3: loose. Uh, yeah, true. Last scene, uh, Look, I, I don't want to speculate on Sal's love life because, you know, it's, it's beneath us, Smivvy. That's right. We, don't go, we do not go anywhere that isn't completely above board with this programme.
0: No topic. Whoever or whatever Sal's getting the old in-out, in-out with is none of our none business. None of
3: our business, and we don't care. As long as she's having a good time, that's all we care about, mate. Uh, but it would be nice. I mean, imagine like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if Morgs has a girlfriend at the moment. Imagine Morgues can't lose him in oh. the Olympic Village. Can you imagine it?
0: There's not enough beer in those vending machines oh. to blast him. You know what?
3: I, I actually feel like part of the uh, qualification for the Olympics should factor in the cultural uh, sort of attache sort mm. of uh, energy that you should be bringing to the village. Mm. Is it really a true representation of Australia if we're sending family people over there? Shouldn't we be sending, you know, tear in uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night fucking Bendoids to get in there and just carve the joint up?
0: I mean, the last Australian world champ uh, to compete – in Japan was Barton Lynch and he got beat up by a crew of marines at a Japanese That's what I'm sex about. bar. That's so, exactly I mean, what
3: I'm talking about.
0: This is the kind of cultural lineage that we're mm. famous for in the country. Well, I think – I mean, there's a there's a brass monument of, of Lynch in, in uh, Chiba.
3: Yeah, exactly. With a gang of marines standing over him kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> it's one of the most – it's storied statues. It's yes, iconic. It's, it's iconic. And and let's not forget Robbie Page's little stint in the Japanese prison over oh, there. That's yeah, the kind forget. of athlete we want representing us at the Games. That's right. That's the kind of person we want in the village, you know, making a quick buck on the side, flinging, slinging a few uh, <laughs> tabs here and there. And what about, uh, what about? of course, um, this is in uh, Wayne Rabbit Bartholomew's excellent biography. It came out uh, a long time ago now, 25 years ago. He could add a few more chapters. Written by Tim Baker, busting down the door. It was mm. called. Uh, he spent time in a Japanese prison. He, really? he, he got he got uh, arrested. I think it was during a world title campaign. Maybe uh, must have been in the eighties. I think. But the funny thing was the uh, the prison that they put him in was made out of those. You know those the, the walls of the prison were those um, sort of pine and and uh, rice paper yes. walls.
0: I know the ones. Yes. Yeah, you know those things.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and he just fucking the cops sort of like. Turned their back for a second, they just ripped the, the paper open and just walked out. Well, wow, I didn't see rabs coming. No, they 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 had never had a a, a breakout like it. Still world famous. Wow. Like they call it the great escape in Japan.
0: Mate, rice paper, just rice rip paper walls. It. Walk just, straight out. They're not gonna hold a cooling out of street urchin a at bay. <laughs> they're not gonna hold a 76 World Champ at no, Bay.
3: No chance. You'll uh, anyway. smoke those balls. I think, I think we could do next qualification for the games. I think that, you know, the cultural aspect, the, the, the nature of who we are. I'll bring it up with Marta. I'll Thank bring it up with Marta. Yeah, please. Source Bottle, uh, who uh, I heard you on the Ball and All podcast, which I recommend to all Swellians, uh, look it up. The Ball and All podcast. It's uh, a bunch of local crew from Lennox Head. Beric Barnes, a former uh, international rugby player, mm. is in there. James Typen Wood, uh, former two-time junior world champ. He's on the panel and Steve Condon. Uh, they do such a good job. And you were a guest on their mm. program recently, Smithy. A really good interview with you about your mm. life that I enjoyed thoroughly. But you mentioned that uh, they said, who's the biggest fan? Who's the biggest Swellian fan? And I just thought, whoa, whoa, this could be heavy. We could, like, really light a fire here. Mm. So I'd say there'd be a fair few Swellians. These guys out there with tattoos. Yeah, UTFs tattoos.
0: Macaulay, you'll be ringing, uh, listening. Sorry, uh, yeah, my mate but, Macaulay up the fucking swelling to the uh, the Kidding Me Brothers, Bond, Bondi or Bondi. They're the,
3: they're the legends. It Was so good to see them at uh, at the Goldie Show again. Oh, two uh, icons. Shout out to the shout out to the Kidding Me Brothers. Um, but you gave the uh, the nod to Saucy. Yeah, Gordo from uh, he's up a founder
0: icon. How can you go past him?
3: Yeah, he's he's an icon and he's he's fucking ro- he's deep on your Gordo. We love you, mate. But Saucy's got a good question here. Uh, get a dog up, ya, mm. or hope you get the lot, your dog.
0: Uh, yeah. So you nah. can see
3: why he's number one. He's he's, he's got, he's got the uh, he's got the absolute flavour of what this program was built on. Oh, Nailed but, with that question.
0: Yeah, I mean, get a dog up, ya. Uh, it doesn't really reek of the cultural sensibility that uh, hope you get the lot, your mut. Mm. Uh, what was?
1: Hope you get the lot, your dog. <laughs> right, get back on protection, your mutt. Hey. Right. Dog. Oh, sorry. You're mad.
0: I think that's the, the woke 2021 version. Mm. So I'm going to have to go over the ladder, you know, the culture, we're all about cultural well, well, that's sensibility and that's That's where, that's where, that's where we've arrived.
3: Mm. On our journey with this podcast, Smithy, I, I, I wouldn't say I was ashamed of the early episodes or anything like that. But, uh, nah. No. No, we've, we've grown. We have grown. We've grown a lot. All right. Well, this one is from uh, Cyberg. And uh, I'm just going to whack me glasses on here, Smith, because Deadly's getting old. Cyberg says, fellas, a crucial issue that seems to be seems to have been lost amongst surfing being embraced by the corporate goons that control the five-ring circus <laughs> is whether as, uh, whether we as a community have an ethical responsibility to protect our groms from exposure to a culture fraught with sociopathic obsession. Mm. Do we want our young men and women aspiring to join the ranks of Grant Hackett, bracket domestic violence, oh, true. Ian Thorpe, prescription drug addicts, Oh, come on. Scott Miller, international drug trafficking, allegedly, or booked. Can we say that? Uh, Don't know. Don't know. Uh, And Kelly Lane, infanticide. This is a a very, very damaging fucking roll call of uh, poor behaviour.
0: Let's not forget the Bagley brothers are responsible for ending the career of Clint Kimmins and... uh, I think one of them's done a solid stint, mm. found with a you know a good uh, ten to fifteen thousand oh, pingers, fitted with
3: uh, uh, tales of just absolute destruction. Is uh, our Olympic former Olympic former Olympians? But he says, uh, with swimming and surfing so closely linked, and uh, obviously all the names we just mentioned, swimmers, do we risk corrupting the youth of surfing with values and behaviour that corrupts their soul and suppresses any hope of a well balanced and content? Contented later life, utfs. Cyberg, He went deep. Sorry about that. That is plan. a great question. And it's- Shit, read. I just can't read with even with my glasses on. But
0: it's not something I uh, I, I didn't, to be honest, think of the corrupting influence mm. of the Olympic scene or Olympic culture, if you will. Uh, I mean, uh,
3: but where do you go after if, 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 you've 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 built toiled, your, built your whole life around training regimes? Uh, routines that give you no sense of self. Only to get done no no sense by sense some
0: Bolshevik loaded on
3: adrenaline Yeah, and then and you m- come back with nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's
3: the next step? Obviously it's slinging drugs, isn't
0: it? Well, it's either that or a job at the bottom of the slave class mixing mud as mm. a brickies labourer. I mean, they're your options. And, you know, having grown up in the slave class alongside a lot of brickies labourers and scaffolders, I can tell you, slinging pingers is much easier. <laughs> and many have done it.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, you know, in my mind, they're performing a service. So, uh, you know, as I said, money, uh, the basic uh, fundamentals of the economy, money is exchanged for goods and services, uh, pingers, uh, mushrooms, marijuana, hashish, uh, you know, although I don't condone because I think it's the drug of corporate, reptiles, cocaine, all these things mm. do fall under my more enlarged banner of goods and services. Um, so if pro surfers happen to come back mm. from the Olympics with a newfound uh, you know, energy to enter that service sector of the economy, mm. who am I to judge for?
3: No, no. Wonderful question. And uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, am I worried? Am I worried that that's going to happen? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not, Smithy. Oh, never worry about the B.O. Sally entire fits. surf industry was built on just about every single thing that was mentioned in that letter anyway. So <laughs> fucking, unfortunately, <laughs> this is just the way it works. All right. So the next question here, Smith, is, uh, what have we got? It's uh, This is from McGee, triple O. McGee. He starts, uh, breathing in, letting go. Mm. You often talk up. Wim Hof breathing technique, but do you also rate ice baths and cold showers? Sometimes breathing isn't enough for me, but an ice bath cuts through all my bullshit. Mm. <laughs> when are we going to see Wim Hof, her madmen and her women surfing without rubber? And can it be done? Bravo, McGee. Good question. Mm. Let's, let's just address this straight away, Smithy. Surfing in a wetsuit. Is it going the way of the dodo? Is mm. it going the way of the Tasmanian tiger? Is it going the way of the freaking dinosaur? Mm. Is it gone?
0: Well, Koa Smith, uh, I mean, he's a, an early forerunner of the Wim Hof protocol. Uh, his brother, Alex Smith, has actually been to fucking Poland and hiked up a mountain with the great man Wim. Wow. And uh, they were onto this shit years and years ago. Mm. And actually, we saw Koa turn out at J Bay, frigid, howling offshore J Bay. Oh. And just fucking put up yeah. an array, a repertoire of backside Nunas, Sans mm. rubber. hmm Sans no- rubber. Yeah, nothing but bodies. Uh didn't miss wow. a beat. Uh, yeah. hoffed his way through it and came out looking invigorated.
3: Man, his nipples must have been that hard. I could cut glass oh. with them, mate. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's tense. Mm. But do you think do you think we can whim hoff our way to a world without neoprene?
0: Oh, unquestionably, I mean. Hoff's getting into sub-zero temperatures, uh, you know, ice barbs. But the coldest water we surf in this country is, what, 12 degrees, you know, mm. Southern Vic, Tassie. Uh, maybe Tassie's getting more down around eight in the middle mm. of winter. Mm. But uh, up on the East Coast, mate, it's a fucking cakewalk. I mean, yeah. Wim Hof would be sweating bullets yeah. Yeah. in the middle yeah,
3: of winter. And uh, I'm back in the Wim Hof. I, 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 I think the breathing is only part of the journey I think the shock to the system when you get in that icy water whether it's an ice bath or just dipping in the brine with nothing else on oh man it, it takes you to the next level oh, Smith it's, oh, you, you said it in the in the Ball and All podcast you know it's life saving it it's life saving it shit
0: and C- just to just a quick a quick spiel on mm. biohacks because it's a fucking revolution yeah. that's occurring at the moment it's insane tap into the Andrew Andrew Huberman mm. podcast uh, he has his own podcast he's just been on Joe Rogan uh, Tim Ferriss Drew Perrott he's uh basically just a scientist looks like he's out of a fucking marvel comic he's jacked he's got mm. tats he's an ex a veteran of the Californian punk and skate scenes um and he's just fucking opened the pandora's box mm. on biohacking Reverie.com, hypnosis. I'm all about neural plasticity, trying to repair the mm. head knocks from a decorated park football career.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Huge question here from uh, none other than the Presidente of the WSL, Jesse Miley-Dyer. Ah,
0: Valley's finest. We love her. Even.
3: And uh, doing a fantastic job as well. I would like to know if M. Fano will get a wild card for Brisbane in 2032. So, oh, Jesse got some inside knowledge that Brisbane are getting the big tick here. Mm. I mean, it's all said and all but said and done, but it would be uh, pretty cool. M. Fano, the great Michael Eugene Dakota Bernard Fanning, captain coach.
0: I mean, you, you mentioned you captain yeah. coach of the Irikanji at Brisbane twenty thirty two. Uh, we're getting you know closer towards the spiritual home of Irakanji country, and Fano. I mean, you talk about a cultural attache, Avon. Mm, the I mean, chef de
3: mission. That's right, a As chef de mission. As Mikey Blackwood has put here.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I honestly couldn't think of an Australian sportsman, uh, not to mention a surfing Australian icon, mm. that could better introduce travelling athletes to the cultural nuance.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Of
0: surf culture yes. and
3: Australian sporting culture at large. 100%. He's eclipsed surf culture. Let's be honest. We've lost him. No, We've he's lost him to the mainstream. GQ
0: he's... man of the year. Oh, He's, a... he's fucking. He's... Shark punching, <laughs> beer swilling, beer baroning. Lunatic. Yeah,
3: he's, he's just that fucking good. He's, he's that, that fucking good. good. Thank you, Jesse Miley Dye, oh, for that question. so cool to be uh, listened to and contributed to by the WCL's finest. Cam B-Man. Good question coming up here, Smivy. Cam wants to know, can Morgan Siblik pull off the biggest Steve Bradbury ever and clinch the world title as the Brazo Pack racing ahead, trip over each each other on the last lap? can Morgs? can't, mate. And then he's quoted me saying, who the hell is Morgan Sibyl... Yes. When he first qualified and to be fair, no. I had no clue who he was.
0: Well, that's right. I mean, uh, no clue. We, we've entered the, Zip. A, a golden age of jet streams and cultural sensibility and from this moment on, Vaughn, mm. there will be no more disrespect shown to Morgan
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But can he do it, Smithy? It's Sibyl... Can he do it? Sib uh, Sib. It's, it's Morgan... K- Kibyl... Sibyl... The are you fun- sure? Well, you know what the funny it's thing is. The C is? pronounces an S. In in um, in postcards from Borgs, he says it about ten times, mm. and still people get it wrong. Mm. Anyway, Siblick. Can, mm. can you do it? Siblik. can you do it?
0: Oh, can you do it? I mean, I think there was a stab article uh, that went to the point of this mm. uh, uh, argument, and, and the, oh, the knives are out for Morg Borg. Yeah. Uh, they uh, were, were labelling him a, a, a relatively meat and potatoes, bread and butter mm. kind of surfer with a you know clinical rail game but no aerial repertoire. But, I mean, you say meat and potatoes. Well, I fucking see your meat and potatoes and I raise you a six-pack mm. of VB on the side and I'll tell you, there is more fucking starch in that man's rail game yeah, then all of Brazil has in a single clan of black beans. Put it that way.
3: <laughs> well, I just think uh, the big difference between Morgs and everyone else on tour barring your top five is intent. Mm. He, he hits the lip like he wants to hurt it. Mm. He pulls the rail through the water like there's fucking nothing but just the th- with it's absolute sh- belief in the craft. He's like he's on a knife edge the mm. entire time and I think – a lot of crew could learn from that fucking gopher broke the second you get in the water, the second you paddle onto a wave. They could learn from Morgz. He's a mm. rookie, but he's actually showing up and putting it in the spot and fucking whacking it, Smithy. And I, for one, am proud as punch. And I reckon he can go all the way. Absolutely. I spoke to him after his uh, incredible
0: performance in Narrabeen and he said as he was jamming off the bottom, he was just picturing Gina Reinhart's toad throat at the bottom of the lip and just poking the nose straight into it, puncturing it and skittles and golden jet streams just raining out of him uh, as he uh, descended back down the face. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a, a visionary.
3: He is. Josh Windsor, long-time uh, listener and frequent collaborator here at uh, a question. He wants to know, how about a Swellian cone off between VD and Smith? Would be a fuckload better than watching the uh, pre-diarrhea anus clench that is the Olympic Games. What a load <laughs> of sushi-filled horse shit. <laughs> well, wow. Josh has teed off oh. on, the, on the five-ring circus. And I think you've uh, jumped the gun there, Josh. Mm. I think, you know, just wait and see how it plays out, mate. Wait and see how it plays out. But, uh,
0: well, like we're saying there, a and deadly, uh, cone off, off at the shark infested South Ballina.
3: Yeah. I mean, we I mean, we, we, we actually do surf a, a little bit together. And, um, yeah, I, I have to say, Smith, I think you got me on our last little battle at a, a little river mouth not too far from here. I, I, I waited for the wave of the day, it came in, I fucking pearled it, mm. and I went in with my tail between my legs, mate. So, I think you've got me in the cone off at the moment. Mm. One, one nil to Smith. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, mate. Let's see uh, who else we got here. This is from Spaghetti. Um, Just have a quick dive in here. Spaggetty. He's got a private account, so can't get in there. Surfers and skaters featuring in the Olympics this year. Which discipline will put away the most hail in the athlete's village? We've well, ah. kind of touched on this already. Which surfer will be the village slut? Uh-huh. My money is on Kanoa. The horny little cunt. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, he's in his uh, native country, I guess. Um, I mean, and you know, not only is he in his native country, he's bilingual. Mm. He's a cunning linguist. Oh, there we the go. Word's out.
3: So uh, yeah.
0: you'd have to think. Uh, he's Is, just, is Leo
3: surfer for Italy? Is that is that happening? Uh, yes. Has he got, a, has he's he, in. Has he got yeah, a partner? At the
0: expense of white chocolate, who's, uh, you know, cometh the hour, mm. cometh the melt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we should have known Vaughn. I yeah. mean, as soon as he was announced, we should have rubbed him out.
3: No. Well, there, there was another question in there, and uh, you'll have to forgive me because I've scooped past it. It might be. Oh, hang on. I'll try and find it. But anyway, the the, the gist of the question was who will be the biggest whinger now that Geordie's out at the yeah. Olympic Games? I, I don't think Geordie is too much of a whinger. He seems to be pretty well-mannered. And
0: less of a whinger, more of a melter, I'd mm,
3: say. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's one for for really Getting too eggy these days, is he? Well, yeah. he can get a little bit uh, – I guess he can get a bit sort of what, stink nose from time to time. Mm. I certainly wouldn't call him a whinger. No. Nah. No.
0: Nah. I think that's unfair. Mm. You, know, you know, we're, we're not – we don't make a living off being unfair to Geordie Smith, Vaughan. we give him a fair suck of the sauce bottle, so to say. Oh, mm.
3: well, here it is. It's uh, it's Base Pro 311. Which surfers will complain about the conditions most now that is out? Sorry. Ah, I stand corrected, reference. base. Sorry, mate. Um, complain about the conditions. Oh, look, uh, the conditions, we don't well, know it's what over, it's gonna if, be if, like. If, if the typhoon turns up, Smitty, I can't see anyone really complaining.
0: I mean, if it's over if it's over three foot, the Brazilians are gonna be complaining, because you know they're fucking small, they're fucking groblers, mate. You know that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, mate. They're no good for business, mate. They're no good for fuck, business. Fuck, mate. Yeah, fuck that,
0: mate. Hey, hey? Fucking show ins, mate. Fucking dog. Fuck off you fucking bird.
3: Fucking dog, mate. Uh, this is a good one from the Green Room Times. Sorry, Vaughn.
0: I just lapsed into some uh <laughs> I've regressed into some cultural
3: <laughs> insensitivity. That's today. right. No, we're we're above that on this it's program. It's my wiring. It's my wiring. Faulty wiring. We're above that on this show, mate. I'm hopping Don't out. Slip. Of it. I'm hoffing out of Don't it. Don't slip. The Green Room Times, epic Insty page. Get on it. Jules is sponsored by Red Bull and Bonsoy. If he wins gold, will he scale a Bonsoi bomb on the podium? <laughs> wow, what's that going to do to wow. your microbiome, Bourne? Will that be the unofficial drink of the Tokyo Olympics if Jules gets a gold medal? Will everyone just be slamming Bonsoi bombs all over the fucking... Village? Wow. And what will that do to the jet stream, Smithy? Whoa. 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 (laughs) Toxic mix, old boy. Toxic mix. I think,
0: uh, Jesus, there might be some clotting. I'm thinking in the jet stream might just be a kind of a a more like it goes from a a liquidy uh, consistency Mm. to a a rice pudding consistency. That's
3: right, I I, I fear that, you know, uh, the the, uh, the septic systems of the Olympic Village Mm. will uh, challenge the fallout from the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant melt (laughs) spilling tons of waste into the ocean Mm. and we could see people returning home with four-pronged the dicks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even Sal. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it'll be great for a spit-the-winkle competition or even just a – remember the old milk challenge? Never go yeah. down in. Uh, well, yeah. I had a
3: crack at that. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, your body can't cop. Is it two liters or four liters? It
0: was two liters. Uh, I mean, I never saw
3: anyone. Yeah. so cop it's over a, two liters. It's an hour. You get an hour to drink.
0: An hour. Two
3: liters of milk.
0: Oh, what kind of soft core northern yeah. rivers bullshit is this? It I, was I, one city. I, I, I had a crack at it. apparently. On the south
3: someone side. said to me, "You you can't drink two liters of milk in an hour. You can't do it. It's physically impossible." I went. Mean, Five hundred mils every fifteen minutes. No, that's totally doable. I could do that. And sure enough, three quarters of the way through the uh, the big bottle, and up it came cottage cheese, mate. Oof. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. It's uh, it's Looked an interesting. Like Albie neck. <laughs>
0: It's a cottage industry, the uh, human cottage cheese industry. It's on mm. the up and up up here in the Northern Rivers where people are looking for all kinds of alternatives to the abuse of animals yeah. in the search for nutrient enrichment. Mm. Uh, I've been out the back of Main Arm and there is farms of humans just coughing up fucking phlegmy cottage cheese. Yeah, that's heady, Downing milk. That? Is it? Look, I mean, is it any worse than factory farming?
3: Mm. Is it? I don't know. I don't know,
0: mate. Do you put yourself above animals? Do you, mate?
3: Mm. Well, I've been, uh, I, been I've good. been, I, I'm on the bonsai program at the moment, mm. but uh, it's it's hard, mate. It's hard. I tell you, you make these ethical decisions. You do a bit of research on it, and all of a sudden you go, well, hang on a minute, fucking oh, almond milk is a classic one. Almonds mm. take up so much water to grow a fucking single nut. Mm. You know, I mean, you're better off trying to milk Tower is- Smiths. Razored little nipples. That's right. You get more milk out of that than you would out of an almond.
0: The ironic thing too, you pour all that water into the almond, you eat that almond full of 100 fucking <laughs> multi-gallon valiums of water and then you fucking dehydrated <laughs> as fuck and you got a drink a ton of water.
3: <laughs> oh, life. It's just a fucking never-ending source of ironic misery. Uh, anyway. Anyway, look, I reckon uh, one more, Smithy, or have you got a couple over nah. there on the, the facey? No. Nah. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. It's been a great app, mate. It's been so good to be back in the studio. We've got a, f- uh, a few more live eps coming, a yeah. couple of really, you know. Call Lord Country, born the eps, West. Eps we – The Western
2: need. Frontier, if it ain't that swell, we're
0: finally going to conquer it.
3: Well, it's that, but we've also got a couple of live eps we've recorded that we haven't released that uh, require – insane amounts of editing because <laughs> there was no way we could throw some of our guests under the bus oh. with uh, a couple of the performances that are wow. coming up. Wow.
0: You think Kong Ooh. was on it.
3: Yeah, you think Yeah, there's there's some uh, serious, serious cutting room floor action coming up. Uh, okay, last question for the program. Okay, Shredfest, Shredfest official. So the, the official Shredfest. Duh not those fucking phony ones. Mm. Where is Surfcore? Did Julian retire as a result of not getting a Brazilian dollar contract from Billabong? A Brazilian dollar? You don't want Brazilian dollars. Yeah, That's, that's like, not why. What, 15 bucks or something? Can anyone stop Kolohe from taking the gold? Have you been watching those rip rotators? Yes, we have up the USA. Uh, there is always two Johns as well. Could he be using the socials to lull other competitors into a false mm. sense of security? Lots of posts with the knee brace on. Mm, well, let's buggery. just head unpack buggery. these really quickly, Smithy. Where is Surf It's a good
0: question. Last seen in a uh, an outrigger kind of ch- dug, c- dugout canoe mm. going down the swollen Hastings River. Uh, in search of his crypt of waterlogged early 2000s magazines mm. that were destroyed oh. in the flood. You oh. can't let go.
3: Heavy. He no, no, go. no, no. He's no. gone up Vaughan. He's gone up River. Well, he lost. was also I don't uh, know.
0: We're going to have to send a search party out for him. I've no. spoken to Kilgore, I've spoken to Dennis Hopper. We're bringing the team back together. And, and we're going to find him. He board. was
3: also only just recovering from the uh, the burning down of Richard Meldrum's uh, Hot Tuna museum. Mm. Uh, during the, the great fires of 2019. And uh, that, I think that wounded him so deeply that, you know, he's never quite been the same. We haven't no. had him on the show since then. No. no. Poor no. surfcore. We'll, we'll get him back. Did Julian retire as a result of not getting a contract? Mm. I think he's on good coin from Red Bull still. So I, I don't know if uh, that really played into it. I think he's just, you know, he's, he's retired from a life for all the reasons we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, can anyone stop Kalohe? Interesting that uh you know Kalohe, uh, a famous can anyone mel- stop famous him? melter. A bit yeah, of a I white gonna, chocolate. I itself. was
0: gonna say I, mean, I think the question more is can anyone start him? Yeah, exactly. Labouring in the doldrums of unfulfilled potential for, for eons.
3: His surfing looks light. That's what I liked with mm. that uh, all that. that but grovel. for mine,
0: it looks a bit bud light. Mm. You know, just that mm. war like Morgs is a starchy four point nine percent cup of stout. A stout, stout, a cup of piss that someone farted in. It'll put hairs
3: on your chest. Yeah, he's a two years old with a fucking Winnie Red. Stirred it up with a Winnie Red and drank it with the button all.
0: Yeah, there's guts. There's starch. There's you know. I don't don't know about his Bud Light approach. I don't think. I just don't think it's uh, you know. It's a little bit. uh, It's a little bit watered down. A little bit weak. A little bit flat. He's wrote.
3: He, Need I say more? Look, he's a chance. He's a chance. He's always a chance. Oh, we've been saying it. He's got oh. a, a mountain to climb. And then two Johns, again, Smivy. Is he, is he posting these shots in the knee brace to just lull everyone into thinking he's not even there? Or is he just basically fucking rubbing the goat's nose in it? I think that's the motivation behind putting the brace on. You know, he's just saying to everyone else in the world, yeah, sure. But deep down, he knows that the goat is just, you know, over to the haystack, nibble, 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 Mm. back to the ayahuasca, back to the Instagram, a little three-way triangle that just is over and over and over. And he just knows it's like, yeah, look, I'm not 100%, but I'll still surf for America. Mm. You know why? Because it stops Kelly from doing it.
0: Mm. Shades of Anakin and Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. from the Star Wars saga. And, uh, you know, first he takes his Olympics berth off him, Next, he cuts his fucking head off with a futuristic lightsaber mm-hmm. and I think that that's uh, almost a foregone
3: conclusion, really. Smithy, look forward to us. sinking my teeth into the Olympics with you, mate. Let's serve this Australia. Come on, the Irukandji's.